Uncle Alan, why didn't you save us in New York? I know you tried. That's why you switched shows. Thank you, baby. Welcome to the Ledge Wrestling Podcast, episode something from somewhere doing something. Uh, Steve is AWOL and he's let Gordo do a funeral. So God only fucking knows what the hell this episode is going to be like. Uh, Either way, it's all on Steve. It's all his fault. Um, This is going Uh, to go about as well as Princess Diana fucking in a car in Paris like. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, right, we record a start. There's no way he's leaving that in. Why? There's no There's no way he's leaving that in. Because he's a fraud and a coward and a sham. Yes. But he's a coward. He won't even know. Look, make fun of the Saudi, that's all we want. But don't, don't, no, no princess die jokes. Like, you know he's a royalist. Oh. That's That's fair. The man bleeds red, white and blue, so he does. Yeah. Mad for a bit of royalty. He, he's sitting out in the pub now with his Union Jack boxers on him and just reminiscing about how much he loves his king. Ah, yeah. Loves his yeah. imperialistic nature and uh, God save the king and all that, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Isn't, isn't that what Palina is? Isn't that where the... That's the home of the English nation in uh, in Ireland. All the people up in Palina are big royalists. Yep. It's all or no for the amount of drugs up there giving us Joe Biden and and that they're loving the Royals. Mad for the Royals. Mad for the Royals. Uh so yeah, it's been a quiet week, nothing to really talk about. Gordo, send us home. Uh yeah, so uh if anyone wants to get more of us at the Online Wrestling Podcast, <laughs> uh you can listen to the next hour and a half of the show. Actually, you know what? I know Steve's punishment. We're doing two hours. Oh, 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 <laughs> and all the things he has to edit out of the show then as well. Yeah, lads, buckle up, buckaroos, whoever's there, grab a can, grab multiple cans for yourself. We're going long, baby. Just don't grab yourself. That's the main thing. Well, look, if you want to, if if we do that for you, do what you got to do. Just don't send us pictures. No feet. Yeah, no feet. No, no, no feet. Unless you want feet, in which case we can provide you with feet. But explicitly, yeah. you need to tell us feet or no feet. Like deal or no deal, but for feet. <laughs> yeah. There's a concept. <laughs> it's been a week. You had a bit of a fun time. Yourself and Bo had a fun time over in London. So me and Bo went over to All In thinking, do you know what? First stadium show, first AEW show outside of North America. I thought, do you know what? How bad can it be? You know, it'd be a stadium show, 80 odd thousand people. We had an experience. It was an ordeal, is probably the, the nicest way of saying it. Up to and including getting into the stadium for the show was fantastic everything was on time everything went well got to landan lovely checked into the hotel savage spot paddington is easy to get to you on all the tubes 
savage amount of restaurants and cafes around the place, nice bars, cheap hotel, tube stops just around the corner. Happy fucking days. Uh, we go to the Rev Pro on Saturday night and we got to see Osprey and Shingo Takagi put on a five star classic. Gordo, you could have been there, but you chose not to because you're a coward. Oh, wait, no, sorry, I take that back. There's only one coward this week. There's only one coward today. Uh, So that was good, other than the shocking bar service at uh, Rev Pro at the Copper Box. Uh, I was waiting 25 minutes in queue when there was only 10 people ahead of me to get pints because they have this weird fucking uh, pints delivery system where you kind of have to push the glass up into the nozzle and it fills then from the bottom up. Um, but when I say it trickled out of the fucking tap, it would be an overstatement. So then eventually it comes time for me to get my pints and the machine stops altogether. So I was waiting in queue for fucking 25 minutes for nothing, missing an entire match. I go down to the bar downstairs where there's miraculously no queue. And I come back to the seat with bow with four pints. And I'd say about a third of each of the pints was just pure foam. And it was 26 pounds for the privilege. Oh, so, did, they at least, did they at least give you an opportunity to loop up? Look at, I didn't even get a complimentary reach around. That's ah, how man. annoyed I was. Did, did you at least get a chance to put your lipstick on before they fucked you? No, I didn't even get taken out for dinner before they bent me over a table and fucked me raw. Honestly, they didn't even give you an opportunity to go into the bathroom and quickly change into your finest dress so you could at least look presentable as they fucked you hard. Nope, didn't get a thing. That it was an bullshit. outrage. It was fucking disgraceful, so it was. Still better than trying to order water in the O2. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, the O2 will never be topped, I tell you that. That was an all-timer. Uh, so that was grand. We get back to the hotel, chill out on the Saturday evening, and all systems go then for Sunday. So we rock up to the stadium a bit early. Uh, we discovered on the way that we were very accidentally smart because we went to a different tube stop to the vast majority of people most people go to Wembley Park which is kind of the most direct route for a lot of the tube lines into the stadium but Mm. we were on a different tube line which went to a different Wembley stop which was almost like the back door to Wembley we were very smart so we didn't get caught uh, up in all the hullabaloo 10-15 minute walk to get there still exactly yeah that's the one that I got off the time when I was sent the wrong direction very savage so highly recommend if you're ever going to Wembley for an event go to Wembley Central not Wembley Park yeah definitely game changer so we rock up um, soaking in the atmosphere all good and uh, gates are whatever 3.30 so we're just finding our way to the area surprised by the amount of people waiting to get in before the gates even opened that was quite surprising. So everyone was kind of queuing up to get in very early. We get in and we're like, okay, this is nice. Fill up the water. And we're like, okay, let's just find our seats and get comfortable. As soon as we got to our seats, we identified a huge fucking problem. And when I say a huge fucking problem, I mean literally. It, uh, it, it was fairly big. And that's the yeah. line I'm not used to hearing. But it was fairly big. So I've just put a picture in Discord. That was our view. Now, we pay premium fucking money for these seats. We paid a hell of a lot of money. We paid £200 each for these tickets, which would equate to maybe $300, I'm going to guess, maybe. I'm not sure of the conversion between pounds and 
USD. But we picked them because they were directly opposite the stage. We knew we were in eyeline of the ring and we knew based on where the row was that would be relatively elevated. So we were seven rows up from the ground. So eyeline would have been just above the ring mats. Happy days. As soon as we sit down, we see this big fucking monstrosity of a fucking roaming camera in front of us. And the people beside us and two rows in front were in, in process of giving out to the ushers or whatever phrase you want to call them. And they were just bemused by it all. They were like, well, they, like the venue staff. Yeah, exactly. They didn't know what was really going on. They obviously could see and they weren't hiding the fact that it was bullshit. Um, and one of the guys there, to be fair to him, he took it on and he said, look, leave it with me for a minute. I'm going to go to my superior. I'm going to kind of find out what the situation is and we'll figure it out and I'll come back to you. Let me cook, as the cool kids would say. So he comes back about maybe 15 minutes later because the guys in front of us were a bit more agitated and uh, forceful in wanting to get reseated and get better seats for it, which is completely understandable. They were more central to us, so while the camera moved, we might have partial view of the ring, whereas regardless of where the camera was, they were completely fucked. Mm. Uh, so we kind of just kind of towed in with them and said, look at if you're moving them, we want to be moved as well. And there was a group of 12 of us at that stage. This is about quarter to four, five to four-ish. So the zero hour didn't officially start for another hour. So we were fairly early. So it, the, there was still loads of empty seats around. So I don't know how many more people were affected after we left. But the 12 of us then went on a walk, literally halfway around the stadium to the ticket office. And the manager there gave us seats and said, look, here's a more elevated seat so you might have a better view. There was nothing more you could do. So we're like, fuck that. So we took the, the tickets anyway, just because we had no idea what we were in for. Uh, rocked up to the seats and then this was our new view. So we we're slightly uh, higher up uh, at a corner flag so we'd now had the pillar in our way. And so the pillar blocked the the majority of the ring and we lost all viewing access to the stage. So we were completely blinded when people were making their entrance. I didn't even know MGF had ring girls walking them to the ring until someone said it after the show. We were watching the show on the big screen for the majority of it because we couldn't see the ring. And yeah, everyone else that was around us were the people that were moved as well. So everyone had a pretty shit time. I'm not going to lie, so I was... Bit of a dampener. Just, yeah, so I sent AEW uh, a stinker of an email there yesterday when I was uh, going through all my expenses, as uh, I'll go through in a bit more detail. We'll get to that. Jesus, we'll get to that. Uh, and I'm waiting a response, really, at this stage. I don't even know if I will get a response. I'm expecting no, because it's just easier for them to ignore than acknowledge the fact that they made a big cock-up. Uh, what uh, was really confusing was where the hard cam was. They blocked off that entire section from corner section. flag to corner flag. So they could very easily have set up this camera rig over there like they would normally in a venue. And then, you know, extend the arm out and pivot around as required. So it's not yeah. permanently blocking people's line of vision. 
Very, very strange, so it was. Yeah, it feels really weird to essentially be taking up two separate, like you're blocking off two completely separate sections because of a really poor camera setup. Um, Incredible. I couldn't believe it. And I've been to a few stadium shows. Like, we've been to Manias. Been to Manias, it's, and it's so efficient. It's so perfect with how they set it up. Yeah, like, like this you, would never at, happen to Mania. No. But even if you looked at what we had it all out at the time, um, like, we had what well, were probably the cheapest of the seats. We still yep. had, like we couldn't really see the stage properly. We were in line no. with the stage, but we expected that because we paid for was it thirty quid a seat or something like that? Was that twenty five dollars? Yes, it was. It was ridiculously but, cheap what we got, but we just wanted to be in the fucking arena for what was going to be a big show at the time. Um, but most importantly for that, Gordo, when we were buying those tickets, it did say that there was restricted access and restricted view of yep. the stage. Yeah, there was nowhere on this that said anything no. mentioned about restricted. No, because we were fact, raving you're about paying two hundred fucking pounds per ticket. Yeah, it's but insanity. all like through all the chat, through all of it. Like I was even obviously shown, like I was shown demo the breakdown of it because obviously he sent on the the screenshot of what roughly where you were sitting. I can remember showing it to him. Mm. Like yeah, this I I had to troll back through the chat to show money a couple of weeks ago. Because uh, we're obviously talking about our other upcoming travel plans for the week after next. It's like, Jesus, I was saying, obviously, you are a, a busy man for the next couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, I, was, I brought up all out and I said, like, Yeah, fuck, or all in. And I was like, Yeah, let's, you know, have a look at the the seats. And we showed him, he's like, Holy shit, like, how did they, how did they manage to land those ones? Told him, obviously, the prices and everything. And yeah, but again, it was like, Jesus, they're like really fucking good seats. They're going to have a great view of it. In hindsight, Oh, we were naive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, look, it, it fucking sucked, dude. I do. I, I hope to get back to you on it because that's bang out of order. Um, is that not the sort of stuff that they hired? Like the the fan outreach and all that stuff. Did Will Washington get hired to do that sort of stuff, or was he more the social side of it? I don't know. Um, yeah. I think that was more just actual live events in terms of live event, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just fucking yeah. no, you can't infuriating. You can't. It's it's going because, to shit like that's what's going to put people off next year's one. Uh, like the main reason, like Bo had tickets in the basket when we were booking these originally, and um, they were over by that corner flag, and they were much cheaper. And we were just literally browsing around and just seeing if there was anything else popped up. And I saw these, and I thought, "Fucking hell, these are uh, these are exceptional fucking tickets." Will we will we spend the extra? And go for the the fucking the premium seats, and we we made the decision. It wasn't cheap because you'd fucking book flights and accommodation on top of it. Yeah, it's like how often how often do you actually go to a stadium show? You know, it's whatever about flight over. We've got obviously mm. all gone to many an arena show. We were only at one a couple of months ago, um, but yeah, something like that. You go for something big. You're like fuck it. You'd be more willing to spend that few quid extra for the bit for the bit of what you expect to be a better view. Um, yeah, that's it's at the same time you're probably lucky you got there as early as you did because it's safe to show like if you'd gotten in with say halfway through the zero hour and we're trying to get all that sorted, might not have been able been able to be as accommodating or might not have been as accommodating either. So you were literally blessed in a way that you got in as early as you did. That is actually meant you got something, uh, albeit still further obstructed, but. Not good. Yeah, like I can't, like I said, I can't really blame the Wembley staff at all. They can only really do so no, much. No, at the end of the day, there was eighty-one thousand people in a ninety-thousand-seater stadium, stopping short of putting us up in the top of the upper tiers. There wasn't really much that they could do. You know, no, the corporate boxes—they're they, they they all privately like, owned. Yeah, 
So yeah. they can't give out corporate boxes because people have, you know, exclusive rights to them. Uh, but other than that, the show was quite good. We'll go to in more detail probably as we run down the card as a review. But the the following day, we were due to fly home. And then the Gordo travel curse struck and struck hard. It, it's not, it cannot be my travel curse. This is something I'm going to put to the chat. Fuck this. You go explain your thing and I'll, I'll go back to the travel curse in a minute. Yeah. Anyone who knows Gordo has been affected by travel because they know Gordo. That's It's a thing. It's a scientific fact. Undisputed. Uh, just ask anyone who's ever traveled with Gordo. They know that this travel curse exists uh, just purely because they know him. See, chicken uh, knows. Oh, Gordo's fault. Fuck, well, you all fuck chicken. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we our flight was at five past one. So we mapped out the morning perfectly. We knew exactly what was the, 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 the route we wanted to take. So we had to get the tube from Paddington over to London, Victoria, and then the Gatwick Express from the tube stop in Victoria all the way out to the airport. Got to the airport, grand, looked up at the board, and we saw immediately that uh, gate information at 12.15 or something. So we're like, grand, we have plenty of time. We went for breakfast. 12.15 comes, no sign of board. Uh, 12.30 comes, no sign of the, the gate number. And then it was delayed. And I think it was like gate information at 2.15. Ah, for fuck's sake. And it wasn't until um, I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw there was an issue... Oh, some UK flights are affected by technical issue. Oh, fuck. That was probably us. Then looked into it more details. Oh, for fuck's sake. All flights in and out of the UK affected by this fucking air traffic control um, mapping route issue. Now, to be fair, it impacted hundreds of flights and thousands of people. So very much not an us issue. Um, and for once, I couldn't blame Ryanair. You know, we can blame them for many things, but... This wasn't one of them. So eventually, I think at around 3.30, 4 o'clock, the flight is officially cancelled. And we're sent an email with our choices. You can, you know, get a full refund or you can rebook a new flight free of charge. You go onto the app and you say, okay, well, when's the next available flight? We were looking at this at Monday, 3.30ish. Next available flight was Thursday morning. <laughs> so the oh, app has a major, major flaw. As far as it, because we were flying out of Gatwick, going back to Shannon, it was only showing us flights out of Gatwick going to Shannon. Uh, so we couldn't change either the destination destination airport or the flight of origin. So we couldn't even change from Gatwick to Heathrow or Stansted or any other London airport. We couldn't even fly oh. from Gatwick to Dublin or Cork. Fuck. <laughs> so there are hundreds of people wandering around Gatwick Airport at this stage wondering what to do. There is a Ryanair check-in desk that we since discovered after we walked up to it that it is not in fact Ryanair staff, that it is contract staff at the airport who are uh, allocated to Ryanair. Ooh. So effectively, they don't give a fuck unless you're checking into a flight and checking your bag they don't want to know you they sent everyone up to these um sky desk i think they called it uh with the expectation that the sky desk would look after us book us on a new flight and put us up in accommodation for the night we rock up to that desk and they're like uh no you need to talk to your airline fuck 
Uh, there was a girl in front of us. I my heart broke for her because she was clearly upset because uh, she was flying home because her daughter was starting school the next day. Oh, so she geez. was up. That, that was like we were just fucking two lads coming back from a wrestling show. No real life implications, but it's people like that. You're like, oh, oh. fuck, this really hits hard. Like it was their daughter's first day of big school, so she didn't really want to miss it. So we got a phone number from the contract staff at the Ryanair desk and call. Ringing it, obviously, don't get through to someone straight away because fucking hundreds of people are trying to ring it at the same time. So I'm on hold, waiting, waiting, waiting. As I fuck it, Bo, well, the only, if we can't go through the air, we have to go by sea. <laughs> you know? So oh, we looked the at air. the ferry. We looked at the ferry and then we looked at the train. So we had a route planned out. We were going to get the train from London to Wales, which is a five and a half hour train changing in Liverpool. Oh, well, Jesus, good uh, luck there. So that would be leaving uh, London around, I think it was 6.30 or 7, to be in Wales for half 12 that night. And we were going to get a ferry at 2 a.m. over to Dublin that landed Dublin at 6. And then we'd have to get a bus from Dublin Airport back to Shannon Airport to pick up my car and then drive back to uh, Galway to get home. So, fuck me, side. We had this all lined up. We had it priced up. We had the tickets in the basket. We had all bar pressed book down. And by divine intervention, a lovely voice on the phone says, Hello, you're through to Reiner support. How can I help you? And oh. we, we put the phones down. We said, okay. Hello let's there, see where we go. Let's see where we go with this. And I have to say, she was the biggest sweetheart ever. She was, from what you'd expect with Ryanair customer service, this is polar opposites. So she was completely understanding of what the issue was. And she very quickly talked to us and said, okay, here are your options. You can fly out, you can get a refund. And I said, no, look, we we want to fly home, but we don't care if we need to fly out of a different airport, but we really need to get to Shannon because that's where my car is. You know, hmm. Nick lives closer, and it's closer to Galway for me. Basically, once you can get us out of anywhere in London, once it's to Shannon, yeah. that's yeah, we'll we'll make it work, kind of like. So this is whatever four o'clock, say, and she said, "Look, there's a flight out of Stansted tonight at half eight. It's going back to Shannon, but I don't know if the issue is going to be resolved or if that flight will be going ahead. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't chance it. Yeah, and I said, fair enough. Okay, what's the next option? Okay, we got a flight at a ten o five tomorrow night from Stansted back to Shannon. So okay, so look, if that's our best option, that's what we'll do. So mm. we then I said, okay, look, what's the story with you know hotels or whatever? I said, look, you have to book your own hotel, but you can put through an expense claim and you'll be refunded for your hotel and any other expenses as a result of the cancellation. So I was worried because it wasn't a Ryanair issue, because it was a fucking global or a regional issue affecting all airlines that, you know, we mightn't be entitled to these sorts of things. But as soon as she said that on the call and I knew the call was being recorded, I was like, oh, fine, okay, that's cool, we go, some peace of mind. So I said, okay, look, book us on that flight and um, we'll, we'll rock up to the other airport at the other side of London tomorrow night and hopefully fly home. So then we once we that started, we're like, okay, fuck. Now we need to fucking book into another hotel tonight. And we need to get back into the city. So we fucking book a train back from Gatwick into the city. We booked a hotel, same hotel that we stayed in that weekend, ironically, because it was cheap enough. So it was 80 pounds for the night. 
Um, it, mainly because we knew where it was. It was nice. It was convenient. It was clean. It was close to the tube stop, and it was just easy to get around. So we said, look, it, we'll, we'll throw works. an extra business. Yeah. Now, to be fair, when we got back to the hotel, the poor girl in the reception desk was fucking panicking because everybody was doing the same thing. Uh, so many people were impacted that they actually were trying to come back and book into the hotel again. And they checked out within like a half an hour after we'd booked our rooms. So oh. we were very lucky to get back in there. Um, so yeah, we got back in and we just kind of chilled out for the evening and went and got food. And the next day then we're like, okay, well, we, we're in London for an extra day. We have nothing to do and we don't have anything to do and, until we leave for the airport at seven o'clock tonight to get there. So we went to the cinema. Well, well that's what you do when you're in London on a random Tuesday afternoon. Uh, could, go, could go sightseeing, could go, you know, doing a stadium tour, oh, home the stadiums or no. something. No, no, no. I, fuck that. Cinema. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have gone and seen the New Spire Stadium and took a tour around that, all that. But for the last three days before that, we were walking like 20,000 steps a day. My feet were fucking knackered. I'm not going to lie. That's, on like, my foot. that's a month's steps for me, let's be honest. <laughs> I had a blister on one foot, and because of that, I was kind of walking funny on it, so my ankle was sore and up. It was all, oh, fuck. Everything like, is the, the, snowball, the snowball effect of it. Oh, full on. I, I was like, bro, I don't care what you do. You can do, go do you for the day. Me, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I, I go I go sitting down somewhere, whether it's a pub, a cinema somewhere. I go fucking sitting on my arse. Oh, oh we went. Uh, so yeah, then the, we, we thought we were nearly home clear. We obviously were still worried about the flight potentially being cancelled because even though the underwriting issue was fixed, the backlog of planes not being where they were supposed to be meant that there were some limited cancellations and delays uh, continuing through the Tuesday. So we plan our evening out. So we, we get the tube to the, the Liverpool Street and then we get the train from Liverpool up to Stansted. Ideal, we're there in Stansted for, I think it was half seven for our flight at 10. So we're, we're early by flight standards between yeah. UK and Ireland. And as soon as we get there, we're like... <laughs> Uh, gate information at I think it was 11.05 uh, so this is like immediately as soon as we got there we were told there was going to be at least an hour delay oh for so, Jesus so like, at this stage we were just pure disillusioned with it all we are like I don't care if I leave at 4am tomorrow if I get home I'll be happy get me on just, a fucking plane yeah so I think eventually we probably left uh, Stansted Airport around quarter to 12 and landed back in Shannon at around 1am and the poor fuckers that were in Shannon there was still a flight waiting for us to land to actually head to Edinburgh oh, so because we were delayed they were delayed and so on That's it was just a, the, the, the a knock on effect like, yeah so uh, we got straight into the car I dropped Bo home and I got back to Galway at 2.30am Wednesday morning yeah, because it was a rare time where uh, I was not sitting in the <laughs> living room playing FIFA when you got home. Uh, oh, sure. I'd actually, yeah, I'd actually had what would be an early night for me. I will say I went to bed around about 15 minutes beforehand. I literally just finished brushing my teeth when you came in the front door. But uh, yeah, that was that was a hell of an ordeal, dude. He, uh, he had a weekend of it. Yeah. But and then in my defense, three fucking hard days of work after it then. Yeah, but that, like... Surely that's nothing compared to traipsing around London and the fucking stress of, you know, surely, surely work was nothing. Work would be a doddle compared to that shit. Uh, 
But I'm just saying, in my defense, right, uh, we, we know we, we joke about the travel curse and how I have had a lot of flights delayed and, you know, small things like that go against me. I have never had a flight canceled. So yes. you have one up to me on that. So uh, if anything, I think you're the cursed ones. And I've actually been saving you from your own curse by making sure that the flight eventually took off. <laughs> so, uh, I can't wait to see what sort of travel curse you're going to have when you're on your own flying to Green Bay. Oh, dude, the, uh, the, I have an 11 hour layover in Chicago on the way back because they've moved flights around. An 11 hour layover in Chicago. It's 11 hours? Absolute, 11 hours in Chicago. I'm, For I'm, I'm, that I'm, long, you can, you can leave the airport, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you can once I'm like eight. So I'm, I'm going to head in and get a pizza somewhere. Let me just go in, get a pizza, come back out. That's probably oh all I'm gonna want. God. All I'm gonna want to do. Go ahead, get me a fucking deep dish. Yeah, lovely meat sweats. Out I go. And yeah. was it Janos? I think that's the name. Jordanos. We went to wasn't it? Yeah. Go back in there. See if see if I can take a see if I can take on one of the small ones on my own. We got the medium between us. We couldn't do it, so I'll just get a small one and see how much what I can eat. But, fucking too true. Well, look, we have our own next bit of travel to to come up now the week after that. Well, Sunday week, so. Yeah, you better not fuck us over there either now, buddy. Look, I'm trying my best. I'm forgetting the name of the, the driver. So we have, our, we have our car from the airport in sorted. So we just need to make it over there. Go on, Sergio. And, and then, oh, Sergio was a king. Fucking loved Sergio. Greatest driver <laughs> of all time. Wasn't even a man's name, but he was Sergio. So uh, <laughs> for context, when we went to WrestleMania, we stayed in Orlando for a week beforehand. And we had a taxi driver who we got from the airport to our villa. And he gave us his card, and we could never remember his name, so we always just called him Sergio. Uh, and to this day, 12, 11 years later, he is still known as Sergio to me. Even though his real name was, was actually Lionel. What, what Was it Lionel? It was I, Lionel. I, I, sh- I should remember Lionel. Lionel Richie. <laughs> but no, he is, he is Sergio. Uh, but yeah, uh, right, so you had this weekend over there, right? And all this shit went wrong. But there was mm-hmm. wrestling. Allegedly, yes. Uh, right now was there something that happened behind the pillar could you see any of what happened behind that pillar that was in your way oh not a lot no like I said I was watching the vast majority of the show on the big screens right and when you were watching the big screens what matches stood out to you oh um personally I very much enjoyed the the punk Joe match I thought that was the most fun I think Samoa Joe has ever had in his entire life See, he looked like he was having a ball yeah, I thought the two of them looked like they were having a lot of fun out there, especially considering some of the shit that happened, uh, which will get allegedly to, allegedly happened, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, I thought that exact same until I saw Uncle Dave put out a star ratings, and it's basically his third lowest rating of the, of the night. I wonder why. Yeah, Dave, your I bias is showing. If anything, in this last week in particular. The, the bias from the Observer Newsletter and Dave and uh, Alvarez in particular, it has gone into overdrive. It's shocking how bad they've gone. Whether you, whether you like or dislike punk from a personal or professional point of view, that's okay. You know, you, you can like who you like, you can don't like who you don't like. He's Marmite. These He's guys, Marmite. These guys are supposed to be wrestling journalists. Now, that in itself is a very peculiar kind of profession. Because there's no such thing as journalism in wrestling. Close as you have as SRS. Like, 
you're supposed to stay on the fence regardless of what the issues really are you know and <laughs> you can tell so clearly that uncle dave and the the elite boys are thick as thieves in this grand scheme of things and i'd say even jack perry has probably been not necessarily spurred on but uh morally encouraged perhaps by oh, yeah. some of those people backstage to you know, oh, yeah, stand up for yourself no, don't no, let him no, push no, you no. around you know you, you know if you if you let him walk over you now he's going to do it again kind of a thing oh it's uh it's yeah and i i'm, I'm a very self-professed cm punk fan like he, he was one of the reasons i got back into it after the hiatus in my late latter teenage years and early 20s but it um it's just sad to see that there's such an agenda with certain yeah. publications. But that also, I kind of flip on the same side. If you're saying you're a punk fan, at the same time, when it came to the indie side of stuff and getting watching New Japan, a big chunk of that was probably down to the likes of the, the elite. So, you know, there mm. only levels out there any quote unquote bias that could be in there. It's like the two of them have, like, for different reasons, have gotten you into different sections of wrestling, I'd say. But, yeah. Um, so this yeah. without going probably going to this the actual story of it, the in the the zero hour pre show, as it was called, Jack Perry suplexed hook on the top of a car through the yeah. windscreen and then gave a, a knock on the windscreen and said, Hey, uh this real glass go cry me a river with a nod to a story that was in Many publications were apparently CM Punk, amongst many, many others, Tony Schiavone included, had to intervene and stop Jack Perry from using real glass in a spot on collision a few weeks ago. Why he felt the need to make this statement on air just before the start of legitimately the biggest wrestling show in history. Yep. That's a shoot. It is ridiculous. Like, this is as egregious as CM Punk's comments in the Brawl Out press conference. Oh, yeah. It's up. It's it's 100%. Uh, and you know, it's it's the, the classic the timing as well. fuck around and find out. Yeah, he fucked around and by God did he find out. Uh, but the, the timing of it as well, when you consider knowing that Punk and Joe was going to be up opening the show and Punk was probably going to be near Gorilla, ready to go, and it's probably, you know, there's going to be all the monitors and the audio feed going in there. That It's highly likely, you know, it's not like Punk is just going to be in the Jacks taking a piss, that he's literally going to be just getting ready to go out himself in around about 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just it's shocking timing. Uh, he knew full well what he was doing. One of the reports that came out today was he was saying that uh, it, it, as part of the confrontation, now this is all obviously allegedly, and he said, she said, and there's a million and one different stories coming out. Um, but part of it is saying that he had said he he was doing it to try and get heat because he's a heel now. Yeah. See, that doesn't that's, make sense. That's because, weak. Well, for the, re- the, th- the reason I think it makes no sense is on screen, in, uh, in canon, in kayfabe, this doesn't make sense. There's no reference to glass, you know, all that it. sort of stuff. The yep. only way that you're going to get heat there is on the dirt sheets, yep. which, you know, wrestling fans don't really care about in the context of a weekly production show. Nope. So if you're using this to, quote unquote, get heat, you're doing it 
to, to get the heat of where you're agitated by someone else. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> but you're trying to get heat. You're, you're trying to get, you know, pissed off on punk. You're trying to get yeah. pissed off punk. Yeah, oh, 100%. It was, it was done to get under punk's skin, and clearly it worked. Um, yeah. Because allegedly, what, what claims to have happened, and this is coming from the punk side now, from my understanding of it, is that Jack basically came up to him afterwards. Uh, there was, well, there was a bit of a confrontation afterwards, and basically Jack kind of stepped to him a bit, got up in his face and bumped him, Punk shoved him, ended up choking him. Um, there's a couple of other accounts came out that, basically, that, that Punk actually approached Perry first and said, you know, have we got a problem here? Um, yeah. Then words were exchanged, and Punk apparently threw the first punch or slap. Uh, yeah, on, on that, that's why you mentioned out. it. The, the story, like I said, that came out today was that uh, when Perry came backstage, Punk came up to him and said, hey, we got a problem. And Punk and Perry, like you said, you know, I was just trying to get heat. And apparently Punk shoved him. And then Perry got up in his face. And then, and I quote from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Punk took a cheap shot. I'm, like, I'm not sure how you can take a cheap shot when someone is in your face. Someone's in your face. Now, yeah, fair enough. If someone's in your face and you hit him, that's one thing. But like a cheap shot is when their back is turned yeah. or when they're not expecting it. But if someone yeah. is in your face and you hit them, that's not a cheap shot. And also, if you say to someone, if we got a problem and they literally step up to you and get up in your face like that. That's acknowledging that we have a problem. Say a fucking problem. <laughs> um, now, also, how fucking funny is it to CM Punk, the like probably consensus worst fighter in UFC history, uh, is still a tough guy in a current wrestling locker room. Um, <laughs> apparently, the other stuff, apparently, uh, it's again, some of the reports, and this is how social media twists and spins these things, probably wrongly, uh, is that the uh, in, as part of that, uh, Punk basically was getting hot at Tony Khan. Now, I can understand he was getting hot at Tony Khan. Uh, there's many reports saying that apparently he was saying he, he wants to quit. Uh, and he was shouting that he quits while he was being brought, while it was all being broken up by Samoa Joe, who apparently comes out of this whole situation smelling of roses, uh, was seen as a real mm. leader and how he handled it. To the surprise of nobody, Samoa Joe seen as a leader. I don't think anyone's shocked by that. Um, but that, as as part of it, uh, there was rumours that Punk uh, went for, or at least in, in, in some way kind of tussled with Tony Khan as part of it. Uh yeah, I'm not sure Which, much of that. I believe no, I, 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 and the fact that it took until now for any of like today for any of that to come out, I really don't believe it. Yeah, uh, I had heard parts where he confronted Tony Khan and monitors fell on Tony. Yeah, I had heard that back as far as Monday, but again, that could have just been as part of the skirmish, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the first thing I'd heard was that they got knocked over when uh, when Joe was trying to break it up and everyone was kind of flailing around. They got knocked over. That was that was initially what was said about how the how the monitors got knocked over. Um, the the thing I find hilarious in all this is release the release the video. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Wembley, is, right? This hear me out on this one. Let me cook. Wembley is clearly and notoriously well fucking hooked up they have security footage covering nearly every inch of that building the organization that they have in that place is absolutely top notch it's probably one of the best stadiums in the world for that kind of coverage mm -hmm. 
you're telling me that miraculously gorilla is going to be the one security black spot where they're not able to see anything right mm-hmm. you have you have a fledgling mock reality show on your product at the moment that everyone hates every segment of release the fucking video on QTV <laughs> Jesus the one it'll be the one time where people will actually want to watch a QTV segment uh yeah, apparently in one of the reports somewhere along the week that they confirmed that there is video footage of it, so there is the potential for it to leak, which would be interesting to see. Put it out on Collision tonight, lads. Have it on QTV on Collision tonight. Or tomorrow night, sorry. I forget what day I have. But Put it out on Collision. It goes back to the fucking... The, the, the main root of all of these problems is the severe lack of fucking management. Dude, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Like, people that don't get along. Like, I can think back to when we worked together way back in the day. There were many people in that place that I didn't fucking like. You showed up, you fucking got on with your work. You didn't have to interact with them. We all got about our work. We all got paid. Cool, happy days. It's not like they're going out and having to be in the same fucking segment as Punk every week. They have their own locker room, but they're not having to interact with them. Be fucking civil. Be professional. Matt Hardy and fucking Edge were eventually able to make money out of what was a horrible and way more personal situation than this. Yeah. I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, and actually yeah, just you put the picture in there. I, Samoa Joe walking to the ring to open the fucking show with blood on him. Now, if there's one person that that just makes him look even more fucking badass, it's Samoa Joe. <laughs> like you know, Goldberg Goldberg walks mm. to the ring with his head split open, you think, oh lovely Goldberg's after making a fucking tip of himself mm. again. Samoa Joe walks out and you're like, he's probably just killed an animal. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably that they're slaughtering somebody or something on his way to the ring. That's absolutely no surprise yeah. to me. Uh, and like I said, like the, the, it takes two to tango, obviously, but this has been festering for so long because of the issues that originated before Brawl Out. As early, it goes back as far as um, even Punk and Cole Cabana, you know, people believing that Colt was fired either directly or indirectly as a result of Punk coming back. Yeah. Um, also then the, the Hangman issue where Punk took exception to a worker's rights comment by Hangman on a promo one day. Like, it's very easy to let things fester when you don't manage them properly. And I'm not saying that you have to punish everybody who does something wrong. But you bring the people into a room, lock the fucking door behind you, and nobody leaves until it's fucking sorted. Yep. Uh, you don't have to yeah. like the people you work with. You nope. have, just have to respect them because you are paid a fucking king's ransom to put on a show for people. Yeah. Like, if you want, if you're not happy to do that, go get a fucking job like everybody else where you don't have to earn a king's ransom to fucking do pretend fighting in the middle of a ring. Does, does part of it come back, and this is going to be a bit of a stretch, does part of it possibly come back to the fact that these are people who have not had to work their way up and don't understand truly the same levels of hardship that the likes of a Punk, Joe, obviously looks of a Rollins, Zane, all them sort of lads back in the day would have had to have gone through of the whole... No, I know certain, certain ones have obviously the books have travelled the world, and I, I, I get that, but I'm kind of more thinking the younger ones involved... 
where others it didn't have all of it. Like you look at Jack Perry. Now obviously he's come from privileged enough family, obviously as well, given who his father was. But when it came to it, he was getting booked on all these shows relatively quickly. I don't think he would have had to have done the working of the Indies and having to fucking tour the world. And you know he was always going to get booked. So these Man. are people who haven't really had anyone used to say no to him because he was walking into bookings. As soon as this as this is taken off, he's someone who has a bit of hype, obviously, on account of who his father was. So he ends up coming in. Now he's a good, he's a, a good wrestler as well. I don't mean this in a mm-hmm. dis, disrespectful way on that front. I I've always said I liked it. I really like him. I think mm-hmm. he needed character changes, but I really liked his ring work. But you look at it, and you're like, this is someone who's probably never had a setback and never had someone say no or had any kind of pushback against him in all of his time in this industry or probably working in general. And it's the first mm-hmm. time where someone, when it comes to the stuff like Shivani and all that, and he has people who've been doing this stuff for 20, 30 years. Obviously, Shivani's case has been in the business for even longer than that. We're coming up to him and saying, yo, dude, what you're going to be doing is fucking stupid. And the first one of the first things that pops into his head then is a way that he can throw that back out and double down on the heat to try and wind people up more. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a weird level of immaturity, um, man. And like you, you've hit so many nails in the head there. And I, I think it's not even just limited to just younger people in the wrestling industry. No, it's a generational thing all around the fucking world right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to sound incredibly old. Thankfully, not as old as the old man himself. But kids these days don't want to work. No, they don't want to do the hard graft to make. Uh, the best out of their situation. No. They want to go in, do the bare minimum, expect the same level of respect and gratitude that people have been there for 5, 10, 15 years who have earned the right to be a senior level. They want the same things and expect it. And if they don't get it, they leave. The sense of entitlement is off the fucking charts with yeah. the younger generation. I could I could tell you stories from stuff that's come up in work meetings down through the years. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're, unfortunately, they're not for the pod. Might be for Twitch at some stage. Twitch.tv for <laughs> AWP. Um, because at least there it only stays up for two weeks. Um, but no, there's yeah, there's some stories I could tell you about some shit that I've seen from people who came into that into that place and were similar to that, just expecting, you know, yeah, minimal effort for as much as possible, and obviously. Folks know who I work for. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. But uh, it's a company, like I will say, while the days were busy and there will be a lot of stressful days in it as well, it was not the most stressful job in the world by any stretch of the imagination. And the majority of the days were pretty darn good in there. There was never really any issues. It was always just a good day. You go in, do your work, get the hell out of there. As long as you showed up and wanted to do, put in a bit of effort, you'd get along just fine in there. You'd progress in there. But I said too many people were just, no, what can I, what's the little I can do? But then, oh, I, I, I deserve better. And I'm like, you fucking don't. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as I said, I think shit like this comes into it with, with some of these folks now where it's, I said, I just, I just don't think they ever had pushback. And that, like, the grizzled old guy that is CM Punk is coming in and is like, no, fuck you. <laughs> and he's, the, he's, the, he's seen as the powder keg, but in reality, it's, the issue is actually on the opposite side for the most part where what he's saying is right and it's stuff that the company should probably be run better but they don't have people there that are able to do it and the people that are working there are too immature to take feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, 
his catchphrase when he came back the most recent time, tell me when I'm telling lies. It's an annoying, arrogant conversation ender almost, but it's hard to say he's lying. Tell him when he's telling lies. I will 100% say he says the most stupid things in the most stupid way. You know, his level of communication is not very good. Oh, fuck no. He's no no angel. He is no angel here, like. Uh, and I don't think it's an ego thing per se, but he, like you said earlier, he he comes from he's like you know he's what early to mid forties. You're talking Jack Perry, mid twenties. Yeah. So you're talking maybe up to twenty years of a difference between these two. That's a huge generational gap. Yeah. So their level of expectation when conversing or dealing with people. It's going to be hugely different. Oh, well, like, yeah. And you also need to look at the people involved. Like you said, so it's very assumptuous of us to assume Jack Perry's had a, a fairly easy and privileged and, uh, upbringing. I think it's probably fairly accurate, too. Now, he could have been well-grounded and all that sort of stuff as well. That's fair enough. Just look at Punk's background and his story. If you actually take time... If you take time to look at his background, his story, his family, his upbringing, it explains so much of his personality now that it makes so much more sense why he acts and behaves the way he does. He he had to be a grafter and had to have a weird level of toughness and nearly... Oh, 100%. And that's why he doesn't trust anyone. Yeah. Like, listen to his speech at the the Cauliflower Alley uh, Award acceptance from... Oh, I, I want to say Wednesday or maybe Thursday. Yeah, I, need to, I, need, I have. I need to listen to that. Man, he talks about the people who were there for him, and like the two names he can. Well, three names he keeps mentioning: Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, and Mickey James. They're the people who were kind of the the earliest kind of wrestling family that he had. Uh, obviously, Ace Steel as well. But obviously, that's a contentious one within the yeah, AEW circles hey, right now. But like, he loves professional wrestling. You, you can't but feel the fucking warmth from him, which is not always very common. But the warmth when he talks about professional wrestling, like Tam says in chat, Harley Race. Like, the, the story was he was at a bar one day with a load of wrestlers and Harley Race sent over shots to the table and the girl who drops him off is like, Harley Race got you this shot. And he's like, uh, I don't drink. No, I'm, I'm grand, thanks. And she repeated, Harley Race sent these over for you to drink. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm okay, I don't drink. And she repeated it, I think, two more times. I said, Harley Race sent these over for you to drink. <laughs> so he went up to the bar then and says, have you got any milk? <laughs> so he ended up having 17 shots of milk that night just because that was his way of you know, sticking to his own principles, but also paying respect to someone paying who wanted to, to say, do him. It's do the thing. Him, he he has a lot of respect for it. And he has a lot of, I, th- I, think it's, I think he has a lot of respect for people who have what he feels is the right level of respect for the business. Yeah. But I also integrity think, by extension well. to that, he's got integrity. He got integrity. He got integrity. But I also just think that on the flip side of that then is if, because he has such a level of that, that when 
he sees people that he feels doesn't have that same level or that he feels people are kind of, that, again, don't listen to the elders, would say, when it comes to advice like on stuff. Hangman. That, yeah. yeah, and that's where, like, yeah, wasn't it a thing where, uh, where Hangman basically said that he didn't listen to like, the likes of JR's feedback on his matches or something like that? At one point, was it was a Hangman? Oh, yeah. And uh, Aaron and someone else. So there was, yeah. he, like, he effectively said that he didn't listen to the advice coming from the elders that he wanted to do his own thing. Yeah, it's like these are people who have literally shaped and molded the careers of yeah. the biggest names that in reality we would, the business wouldn't be there today to the extent it is if it wasn't for the work that those people have come in and molded. So, yeah, look, it's a weird one. As I said, there's an awful lot of immaturity here. Um, a bit, bit of emotional immaturity from all sides. Um yeah, look, it's a it's a it's a shit situation. Um, it leads to we'll we'll get to it in a bit. Obviously, we'll probably have to jump into some of the results and stuff. If Steve is going to hate us, but we'll uh, it, well, it's they, to the potential of Punk being suspended is the is the is the latest rumor uh, and potentially missing uh, all out in Chicago this weekend. Uh, which well, that's it. The story is, and it's been pretty much confirmed by multiple outlets, that both are suspended right now pending the investigation. No timeframes have been given, so we don't really know if it's a matter of days or weeks or months. But the the narrative has now almost gone full circle, and people are now asking the question, OK, the issues are always seem to be revolving around punk. Is it now time for the conversation to move to the point of does punk need to go you know and that's the that's the debate are we getting to the point of where AEW is bigger than punk or are will these issues go away if punk goes away uh, it's going to be an issue when the uh, when there was a report came out today that he's still the biggest merch seller in the company. Yep. So, it's a lot of money they're leaving on the table. Now, in a weird way, we could have a uh, a swap of old school vets, in essence, because uh, CNL rated our superstar go one way with Punk going the other. Interesting. Um, do you think that if Punk does get unceremoniously departed from AEW, does he make the call to Trips, or does Trips uh, pick up the phone and make the call to Punk? I uh, I think both will be wanting to make the call as to who makes it first. I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, these, are, these are two people who like money. These are two people who have a little bit of pettiness about them, as well. It seems to be well known at this point. I think Punk is petty enough that he will want to give two fingers up to the Bucks. If he mm-hmm. ends up on the phone to Triple H, he manages to get himself a semi-big WrestleMania match out of this next year. The other day, now that Mania is two nights, you're saying if you bring CM Punk back that he can't main event night one, and then you have your world title match night two. Mm-hmm. Punk Rollins night one, Roman versus somebody night two. That's, you know, I I think that's money for everyone if he leaves. Um, it's sad. It's, it's sad it's gotten this way. It's, uh, it's, it's, and it's possibly the caveat to all of that might just be in a rumor that Steve mentioned last night that came from the Soup Boys 
that potentially AJ Lee is heading back to the Fed. That's the old, uh, the door, just a toe of the door, and it's just creaking open ever so slightly, isn't it? Uh, she'll, she'll be a great get to have back. AJ's incredible. Um, oh, in many, many ways. Yeah. You know, she know. was one of the first wrestlers in the coming out of the Divas era, and yeah. not just the fact that she could do the wrestling quite well, she was an incredible character on screen. Yeah. Like her crazy I'm- GM gimmick where she was infatuated with John Cena and the Dolph Ziggler Big E stuff there was so much good that she did on screen she not to mention her matches with Paige and Caitlin oh yeah she was always just as soon as she went out there she always gave 100% to everything Mm -hmm. Um, and she was always so damn good at everything the girl could talk her her own uh, her own mini pipe bomb that she caught on the Bellas that time is still just fucking hilarious uh, and is still quoted to this day and that's what seven years ago now at this point probably um, yeah, she's just, she's fantastic. Uh, it'll be a great get to have her back. No doubt she's still going to be able to hang on the mic with any of these people. Uh, obviously, seeing her social media, she still keeps herself in ridiculous shape. Uh, so once she gets any of the ring rust off her, she'll be back to putting on great matches in no length as well. Uh, so yeah, if, if it's true, which I hope it is, bring it on. Can't wait for it. And then obviously, as we said, that could be the, the extra little bit of nudge at the door of, hey Phil, do you wanna want wanna travel with your mm-hmm. with your missus? You know, yep, we have no problem. We have this new thing in place where we make sure the couples are kept on the same shows as each other, which they have done this time around uh, with the last draft. They've oh yeah, they make sure couples will be kept together. They've, yeah, they've been very good with doing that. So it's a case of yeah, look, you know, we're we're trying to do better. We're trying to do right. Sorry about that. Here, look, here's a belated wedding present, uh, a contract. Uh, yeah, I, I said like I for, for me, I just I once CM Punk is on my TV, I'm happy. I don't care which company it is, but I wanted to be a motivated CM Punk because I think a motivated CM Punk is box office. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope it's not a case of they patch things up and Punk is back there, but he's kind of just going through the motions. I don't think he has that in him. But if you get a CM Punk that's properly motivated with a furlet under his arse, there's nobody in the business that keeps up with him. Uh, in any no. aspect of it. so <laughs> that's a, it's funny you mentioned that right because par, uh, on the walk back to the tube after the show do you know when you're just randomly walking beside people or in front of people and you hear the throwaway comments or oh, the yes. debates that they'd be having between each other this guy was convinced that Punk couldn't go anymore that Joe was carrying him in that match oh you're so wrong <laughs> you're, just, you're just so uh, wrong like the two of them were fantastic in that match. Like, if if you think that that's Punk carrying being carried, I'm sorry, you don't know what professional wrestling is. Don't know is. wrestling. Like, no, we're like we're we're all entitled to our opinions, but if that's your opinion, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> like, it's plain plain and fucking blunt as is. Uh, yeah. No. Um. So we didn't get to see the artist formerly known as Edge at All In. No, but we did get to see the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks in the crowd multiple times. Dana, Dana, Dana. Money. Money. So Mercedes Monet was appearing on the big screen throughout the show, which can only lead you to believe that she has in fact signed some form of a deal 
to appear and or wrestle on AEW in the near distant future once she has been cleared. Yeah, well, they have the Wrestle Dream show that they're doing for Anoki the start of October. So yes. If she can get cleared in time for that because it's like full New Japan. Kind of, it's it's kind of more of a crossover show that they're trying to do. So I'd imagine that's kind of a nice little way to segue her kind of in the door a bit. And then mm, obviously like whatever follow up matches go. Is, yeah, basically bitty forbidden door. Um, forbidden window, we'll say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then obviously once she's once she's in, then you know obviously anytime she comes back, whenever she's free and whatever, she, then she's able to come back in. And there's already a bit of a, a precedent set for her being there and whatever feuds that they possibly have cooked up or teased uh, in her first show uh, will obviously still be stuff they'll be able to do back and revisit. So again, go well, get for them. It. It's it's a get that we've been expecting for a while. Um, it's against just good business for everyone involved. So uh, at the end of the day, like there's already made feud for her in AEW. Um, now that we have a new uh, women's champion, uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, uh, one thing I did love from the All In show was the use of licensed music. Yes, yes, one hundred percent was fucking epic. Uh, actually, just because you were there, were people upset at Tony coming out to God Save the Queen? Um, maybe not upset, but just kind of slightly confused. Yeah, like that was the. It was a strange one. Because obviously yeah. she's Australian, so Australia is part of the Commonwealth, so it's not completely bizarre, but also it didn't feel like it made sense. No, it, it, that was a weird one. I, I, I could kind of half get Soraya coming out. It's the stadium pop. It's the homegirl. So I could understand her coming out to, to an actual Queen song, but Tony coming out to God Save the Queen, I was like, what in the fuck, lads? That's a bit... It's a, it's a bit of a weird one. I thought there was other songs they could have gone with there, but... Absolutely. Did it, or Tony is just absolutely killing it with that character she's doing at the moment. Absolute gold with what she's coming out with. Uh, you had uh, Seek and Destroy for Sting and Darby Allen. Yes. That got a huge fucking reaction. I don't know if that came I, through on the TV screen. I, I actually stepped out to grab... Was that, was that when my food got delivered? When my food got delivered, when I had to top up my drink, I actually missed most of their entrance. So I, I got kind of the tail end of it. Uh, but even Yay. at that, the crowd were fucking going nuts for the whole thing, which was awesome. Game. So yeah, that uh, that was good. I think there was one more as well. I can't really remember. It's really annoying me. Uh, I, I know we didn't get the one for Grado, which everyone was hoping for. No, we didn't get that. Um, um, uh, there was one other one. Oh yeah, we obviously the Fozzy live performance. Oh, Fo- yeah, yeah, Jerry, Fozzy's biggest performance ever, ever, ever. Oh. I have the card put in the the production notes there, so if you want to run through it, uh, take the lead on it. Yep. The and t- tell us from a TV point of view, because obviously I can give the live reaction, but it's just I'm interested to see what the the TV reaction to it was. Oh, Jesus. Well, now you're expecting me to remember because I was half asleep because, you know, nap time. Uh, but no, the, uh, yeah, so to kick off, we had the uh, Zero Hour show, which had two matches on it. So we had Better Than You, Bay Bay of Adam Cole and MJF against Aussie Open of Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis, uh, OTT alumni. 
for the ROH World Tag Team Titles. And for, for me, the, the, the biggest pop, obviously, was the nailing of the kangaroo kick. Um, <laughs> that was the thing that really came across on TV was the, the crowd went fucking nuts for the kangaroo kick and obviously for the double clothesline uh, f- at the finish. So the crowd obviously was hot throughout the whole thing. Obviously, everyone loves Cole and MJF. The two of them are phenomenal. Uh, so the reaction for them was very good, obviously, considering it was a zero hour, not actually the show itself. Um, so the, like the reaction, you, you could tell from the reaction that they got there that it was going to be a good crowd. Um, mm. Because, as I said, it, it was nowhere near a full stadium. You could see people were still shuffling in and out. So, yeah, yeah, it was a very good match to open. Uh, nice little bit of fun. Nice little kind of, let's just ease people into stuff. And uh, yeah, new ROH World Tag Team Champs. Uh, who we will be seeing later on on the main show. But we'll get to that. Um, Did you think on that match that there was going to be some form of a turn or watching it live, did it feel like something was going to happen? Once or twice I kind of half felt it, but I don't know, maybe it was because we talked about it so much on the pod over the last couple of weeks that I talked myself into whatever's happening is happening on the show. Hmm. That I didn't think they do it on zero hour. Like I think, I think in my head I'd persuaded myself that if if this match opened the f- the main show, then maybe you'd see something. But since it was only open at zero hour, then it probably wasn't going to be anthem. Um, yeah. But there was still one or two moments where you're like, oh, there's a bit of tension there, or they go for a particular spot, and you're like, oh shit, this is where he's going to duck and he's going to clock him instead, and. There was enough. They done. They done enough to still tease it a bit. But yeah, I think we'd kind of talked it through so much in my head. I was like, no, there's going to be nothing. Um, then obviously, yeah, we kind of talked about uh, about it quite a bit, and some of the other, uh, the stuff we talked about earlier. The other match on it was Hook against Jungle Boy Jack Perry, or Jungle Man Jack Perry, or Hollywood Jack Perry, whatever iteration he is now. Um, an FTW rules match for the FTW title. Uh, Again, fun match throughout. A lot of brawling up, uh, up on the stage or up near the ramp for uh, when Jack came out in a car and they basically brawled around Couldn't the car. Couldn't see any of it. I was gonna say I didn't feel like something that was gonna be good in the arena or in the stadium. If, it, it looked cool on TV, but I thought even watching it, I was like, "This is gonna be shit for anyone that's there." Um, stuff like that, you have to be very careful. And I think I think it could be the same with indies running like shows as well. I think I could think of some of the as much as we love a good Kings of the North brawl in the stadium at an OTT show. They're often very careful to keep some of the action or keep like one of the pairings down at the ring at all times, so that those that are in the front row, while you can be standing up and turning around to see what's going on around the arena, you still have something that's right in front of you. Whereas with Absolutely. this. There was an awful lot of people couldn't really see much, and it, yeah, I don't know. It, it that very much felt like it was going to be something that wasn't going to be good to be in the arena for. Um, Jeff, uh, look, it was a fun match. It was fine for what it was. Uh, Hook defeated Jack by submission, gets the title back, uh, and obviously then we had the uh, the aftermath, which we went into in great detail. And Steve is going to love editing. Um, but yeah, that was solid for as pre shows go. Two very good matches. Uh, I, I always like when these matches are kind of just, I said, a little bit of a palate cleanse, just ease people in nice. You know, you, you, you just, you, you don't want to blow your load on the pre-show. Uh, and uh, just a good job of setting the tone for the night. 
Uh, we kicked off with what for me was one of my favorite matches of the night, which was the Punk Joe match. Uh, apparently, Punk was being carried by Joe. Lies. Um, I, I, I could talk about these lads wrestling each other for hours. I, they're, they're two of my favorites mm-hmm. and have been for decades. Um, yeah, Punk gets the win, but there was an awful lot of Joe controlling it. Crowd seemed very hot for this. Uh, oh, yeah. What was the reaction ha- like to Punk and his entrance coming out? It came across re- really positive. Uh, there was only one or two matches during, or moments during the match we could kind of hear booze coming through, but for the most part, okay. it felt really positive. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I'd say around about 95% positive from what I was hearing anyway. Uh, okay. It came across quite well, but at the end of the day, a lot, lot of love for Joe, so there was obviously yeah. going to be pockets. Um, yeah, very fun match. Went for about just yeah, fourteen minutes. Uh, I was going to say just under fifteen, probably. Um, but yeah, fourteen minutes dead. Even uh, Punk retains the real world championship. Yeah, just a fun match. Good, solid. Two pros putting on a good old school kind of classic match. Hella fun. Nice. Great way to start the show. Um, then we go on to. I wasn't overly gone on this match. I'm not going to lie. The the Bullet Club Gold and Takeshita no. against the Golden Elite. Um, I really was not into this match at all. Um, no, I, I felt, felt like flat. the classic New Japan. We don't have anything for these guys, so just stick them all in a, a random multi-man match. Yeah. Uh, whereas Which they could is have, load of shit. Yeah, whereas they could have easily done stuff. Like they're doing, they're doing stuff now to try and set like number one contenders for different titles and stuff like that. Like a couple of weeks down the line, like this could have been a, you know, a trios match for number one contendership for the six man uh, for the trios titles or a number one contendership match. Like split it into two separate matches and have it be one is just a generic grudge match and the other is number one contendership for the actual world tag titles. Mm-hmm. No, there's there's a lot of different ways they could have gone, but yeah, with Bullet Club Gold. Uh, Jay White and Just Robinson with Takeshita um, against the Golden Elite of Omega, Hangman, and Kota Bushi. Kota, yeah, we, we have to talk about Kota. He's he two performances. incredible. Yeah, but he's had two performances in AEW and he hasn't exactly uh, looked great in either of them. You reckon? But now, that's something he, I didn't take any much notice of. He looks like. It, he looked off in a couple of spots. Uh, even Paddy called Paddy called two or three of them as well. Whereas, like, he's he's not well. Um, now, would you say just because the fact obviously he's not wrestling regularly, so obviously he hasn't been a regular in New Japan for what nearly a year at this stage? Nearly a year. I do think there's a big part of that to it. Like uh, ring rust is a huge, obviously potential issue. So yeah, if he becomes back more regularly, I think the fluidity might come back, but. I can't remember anything particularly bad standing out in this, but uh, Uncle Dave seemed to like it. Give it a 4.5. Walk off. That is... Considering he gave Punk Joe 3.5, and, and, you know, the the whole Meltzer rating is a hugely divisive issue most of the time. It is one man's opinion. Uh, He is entitled to like what he likes and, you know, give preferential treatment to his friends if he wants to. That's absolutely fine. However wrong it may be. Yeah. Uh, And I like, for for the vast majority of the time, I would tend to agree with probably 75% of his ratings, but some of them just really make you scratch your head and go, what the fuck is this guy watching? I'm I'm weird when it comes to Meltzer stuff. WWE stuff, I will agree with 75, 85% of what he says. Every WWE show, there's maybe two matches where I like 
completely disagree. Everything else, I'm kind of, yeah, same ballpark as him. An AEW show, I am nearly polar opposite to the man on everything. <laughs> it's, and as the first two matches on the main card here showed, I would easily flip the ratings of the two of them. Um, and even yeah. at that, I'd probably knock a bit more off of this match. I didn't even think it'd be worth three and a half. Um, especially the length of it. This went over 20 minutes. It didn't fucking, it really did not need it. Um, no. I get it's a stadium show they're trying to have this big you know, the essence of grandeur about it this didn't need 20 minutes you could have easily given that to something else uh, your women's mm-hmm. match for like 10 minutes you could have given that for three or four minutes and knocked it off of this um, yeah not a great match I wasn't a fan of it crowd seemed hot for it though um, but yeah it, it wasn't for me if I'm being completely honest uh, yeah I, th- well, I think much- one of the biggest complaints that people have and I think I don't think there's been any criticism of the, the opinion. How do you not have Kenny Omega in a singles match for the biggest wrestling show of all time? It's ridiculous. It's It was pres- it was preserving him and preserving the story for this week, uh, which we'll get to it in a bit, but considering how fucking weak the card is looking for this weekend, yeah, they I failed. I think they're, they're overestimating the public opinion and the public interest yeah. in Takeshita right now. Yeah, hugely talented wrestler. Absolutely, no doubt about that. But he ain't over. Pe- people people like aren't clamoring to watch. respect how good he is, but people aren't. He's not over, as he said. No, they're not clamoring to watch his matches. Him. No, people can appreciate him. Can appreciate how good he is. Can appreciate mm-hmm. how he is probably a future world champ. Yeah, 100%. but he's not over. Um, no, sorry, Bob. And Don Callis ain't exactly helping that either. Um, no, he's yeah. getting that uh, Xbox key right now, isn't he? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not digging his stuff at the moment. Um, but again, look, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit. But the match that they're going to have this weekend is probably going to be amazing. Uh, well, that's it. Like the wrestling, no one's complaining about at all. No, it's everything else. Uh, Jeff, uh, one bit of wrestling I definitely didn't complain about was uh, FTR against the Young Bucks. Uh, <laughs> crowd very hot for that. Uh, very very fun match these are four lads who've wrestled together quite a lot uh, they know each other well they know what spots work well they've now at a point obviously where they're playing off of the whole seeing each other's moves and everything and a lot of nice false finishes throughout uh, like uh, was it Cash got hit with the shatter machine and ends up kicking out um, mm-hmm. yeah crowd, 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 yeah crowd was hot for all of it um was much more split crowd than I thought. There was a lot more love for FTR than I thought. I thought it was going to be very Bucks heavy, but there was there was a healthy chunk of FTR support there. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I liked it. it was very good. Again, atmosphere seemed good. The match was fantastic. Uh, it went about 20, 21, 22 minutes. Didn't feel it. Did not feel mm-hmm. that time going at all. Uh, and that's the best compliment you can pay a match that goes over 15 minutes is that you don't feel the time going. And I didn't feel that at all. Now, my biggest complaint with this match was that there was two kids, and I say kids, probably teenagers, they were chanting, this is awesome, from about four minutes into that match. Which, while it was a very good match in the end, at that stage, it was extremely grand. It was building, it's literally what them lads do with these matches, they build, they build, they build. There was not one spectacular moment at all up till that point. No. So I thought, oh, fuck me, this is going to be a long night, lads. 
Yeah, but between that and the gobshites that were sitting beside us going out for fucking four margaritas every 20 minutes go to <sighs> yeah living, living your best um, life then yeah oh YOLO so tell me stadium stampede this was a bit of a clusterfuck from a live performance uh, I visual that they tried doing this in an actual stadium with actual people yeah I, I, I'm amazed that they even tried it um it came across way better than I thought it would. Um, liked a lot of the stuff backstage. Nice seeing some cameos from some OTT folks. Um, yeah, I was I was surprised at it. Very fun. Obviously, Eddie Kingston is just an absolute god. Uh, that man can do no wrong. Uh, Penta on a change. Uh, he did a personality change. Yeah, to, to two faces of Penta. Uh, the, there was a really bad ladder spot where he went to climb up a ladder at the top of the, at the top of the ramp, and it fucking the ladder actually snapped when I'm halfway up it and twisted. And rather than go, trying to get another ladder, uh, Alex held it as he climbed up it. And to be fair, they got the spot off eventually. But uh, yeah, I felt for them. Uh, it was one of the brief moments where the camera was on him, and it just happened to go wrong. Um, mm. And yeah, obviously, best friends was. Best friends are best friends. They'll always just, you know, what you get with them. They're always consistent. And uh, Orange Cassidy. Best friends. Yeah, they, they just they don't put a foot wrong. Uh, they're just... Well, they're, they're Gordo, just hands the internet told me that Santana and Ortiz don't like each other and they don't want to work together. Well, Mike Santana, Mike, they made a big thing on commentary of making sure they always refer to him as Mike Santana. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm assuming he's going to wrestle under the full name now. But yeah, the uh, it looked like they were doing a bit of work together. Yeah, whether look what didn't whether whether they were getting along or not, they uh, went out there and they had a hell of a match. They'd definitely be professional about what they're doing. Uh, whoa, 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 Einstein, slow down there, slow down there, buddy. You telling me that two wrestlers may not like each other in real life? But can put that aside and go out and do some work together. This might shock and amaze you, but yes. Yeah, get they out actually, of town. They actually went out and they went to business and they just said, "Fuck it, let's you know, let's go here and make something special." Um, I, I'm just so happy to have the two of them back. I, I love the two of them. They were mm-hmm. well, back when I was reviewing Impact. They were genuinely one of the best things about the show, um, and. You, you, you and the lads know how hyped I was when they, when there was even rumours of them being signed to AEW. I was like, yes. As much as they're getting the books in is good and some of the other teams that were coming in were good and some of the rumours that were coming across from WWE. I was like, behind FTR, this was the deal I wanted. It was like FTR and then Santana and Ortiz. They were the two teams we're that said, yes, yeah, you have we're a division. The best. And we're they the are. Best. And them we're on the form, best. get them built up, them... Them on top form against the way FTR have been over the last year or two is fucking money. So, yep, bring it on. Uh, but yeah, look, it was a really fun match throughout. Uh, good fun. I said the, the the backstage stuff was a lot of fun. The, the brawl in the bar. Um, I said, Eddie Kingston doing his usual, having to re emerge and come back down. Uh, obviously, the Orange Cassidy had the, the, the spot with the glass in the hand and everything. Um, yeah, team best friends in Orange Cassidy get the win, but yeah, it was just fun overall. Um, 
yeah, I, I kind of want to go back and rewatch that one because it was so much shit going on. It, it, it's the chaos of it. But yeah, I just remember thinking there was just 20 odd minutes of just good fun. So, um, we get to the one women's match that was on the card. Uh, only went just under nine minutes. Uh, Soraya versus Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker DMD, and Tony Storm. Uh, we obviously talked about the music situation where Soraya came out to a bit of Queen and Tony Storm came out to God Save the Queen. Um, yeah, good match. We know what you get from the four of them. Mm-hmm. Four work together, four good professionals. The um the uh, spot where Tony Storm smacked Saraya's mother was fucking hilarious. That was hilarious. Crowd so Saraya had all her family ringside. So that was a good pop. Um, yeah, she walked out with all of them, and yeah, obviously the crowd liked it. Um, uh, certain she loves portions, my mama. Of, certain portions of the crowd didn't love it. Uh, oh, well, there was there was her mother was alleged in speaking out of how she was treating some of the trainees and stuff like that. Again, oh. all alleged, all very much alleged. But uh, yeah, when some people were giving out about people leaving during like the entrances to that match and whatever, uh, kind of one of the common teams I saw people clapping back with was, well, yeah, I don't exactly want to uh, show any support for a night entrance. Uh, don't want to show any, uh, I don't want to show any support for uh, someone who was potentially involved in speaking out so there was a bit of a clap back on that um but as for the match itself look it was fun uh it was was a good match tony storm is uh, i'm loving the character that she has at the moment this was quite there this was mainly there for the feel-good moment so i get everything um and the crowd reaction for that was phenomenal so yeah done its job i thought thought this was the most obvious result at night easiest yeah, without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Um, yeah, I was it was the smooth Jimmy's lock of the week. Um, if they'd gone any other yeah. way with it, there would have been a fucking riot. Um, Jeff uh, looked delighted no, for her. R- Ruby the was there as well. Ah. Ruby Wright was there. Uh-huh. Ruby was there. But yeah, um, I'm yeah. You said it there. I'm surprised it didn't go longer. I don't know why. It's weird. Um, considering the length some of the other matches had, I don't know that other shit run long. Um, but like this only got. Nine minutes, uh, like Darby and Sting against Christian and Swerve got nearly double that. Uh, mm. MJF, MJF Adam Cole got like four times, nearly well, three and a half times that. And the fact um, this was the only women's match on the card as well, you yeah. should really have made the effort to make sure it was booked strong. It was booked strong and looked special. Um, yeah, look, I said it, it done what it was supposed to do, and it was a good match, but yeah, I can, I can see why people were upset by. The women's representation side of shit again. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, to say it, Tony, Tony does no help or for himself when it comes to that narrative. Sometimes, um, no, it's it's something he does need to really work on. Is is that side of it? Because uh, they have the women there. Uh, I might not be a fan of some of the women that were even in this match. I, I think there have been bypassed by a lot of the better talent that are in the company now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he if he looks at the right people that were. If he, look, if he looks at the right people that he has in that company, he has the women there to make one a hell of a division and to put on some yeah. phenomenal matches on these cards. So I hope, and this, to be honest, this goes back to what we said earlier about management. They need to get people in there in the right spot to rein him in. He's essentially a Vince Russo at the moment, where 
he has his ideas of how shit's going to be, but he needs more people to be able to kind of put the reins on him and say, we need to structure this shit a bit better. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, look, said it was a really fun match, but done as it was supposed to do. It gave that amazing moment. Uh, delight for us, Ray, after everything that girl had been through. Um, fucking hell. Phenomenal. It's great, it's great to see her back there. She was someone who really changed the perception of women's wrestling for the better in such an incredible way. Uh, her and all that that group that were breaking through at that time, and it was fucking heartbreaking to see what when she had to retire. Yeah. So it's phenomenal She's to see her so back, back on top. It's, yeah. She's only about 31 now, is she? 30, 31? If even. Um, but even at that, once she can stay healthy, she still has many, many more years ahead of her. And the girl's able to talk. She has the character side down. She's good in the ring. It's, yeah, great to see her back on top. And uh, interesting to see where they go with stuff up front. Um, we're going to have to kind of speed run through some of the hour and a half. We still have two more shows to talk about. Uh, Darby and Sting against Christian and Swerve I'm not going to lie I was starting to struggle a bit at this age um, I can remember being a fun match uh, I can remember the certain pieces of it I'll have to probably leave you fill in the majority of it uh, all I, I say is I am the table table happened <laughs> and Sting just went back up on the the, the ring apron and said, well, you're going through that table one you're way or another, buddy. Shit one way or the other. That's <laughs> proper sting style. Um, um, oh, Darby doing multiple coffin drops on the coffin. Uh, that's that not man good for is, back. Uh, that's not good man's for anyone's back. back. No. no. Like, I no. love Darby and, and I love the fact that he's willing to pretty much do anything. But this is another case of, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, he needs someone to protect himself from himself. Yep. He needs someone to turn around and say, you know, you shouldn't do a fucking coffin drop onto a metal coffin. No, he needs someone to tell him, you're not doing that. Yeah. Full on, you do not have authority yep. to do that. If you do that, you are in trouble, buddy. Yep. Uh, actually, it was really good. Uh, Chris Van Vliet has an... Uh, interview out and I must go back and watch the full thing but I saw one or two clips of it uh, with uh, Shane Helms Hurricane uh, who's obviously working as a producer at the moment and who's actually been the person who's been producing all of Logan Paul's matches oh um, and he was kind of briefly talking about how you know when he'll be watching stuff and himself and Lo like he'll himself and Logan will come up with ideas and stuff and he'll just be like you know are you able to do this? Are you able to? It's like and Logan be like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll find a way to make that work. It's like, no, no. Are you able to do it? And are you able to make it safe? And it's basically a case of next time the two of them are kind of in a in the, the PC or whatever they're doing it together. He'll or lo, like Logan will just has his own ring and he'll just hop in, try it out, see if he can do something. They'll send on videos of it and be like, yep. Yeah. And basically, they can say whether or not something looks safe enough. So the two of them are basically working through spots between them as to what Logan can and can't do and they're basically they're not green lighting stuff unless they make sure that Logan isn't going to fuck himself up um, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a, it's basically like he, he wasn't even saying it that way he was more so saying of how Logan is just able to do anything like anything he suggests to him Logan is just pretty much able to do it that there hasn't yeah. been anything he said so far that he hasn't been able to but he's like he was framing it in such a way as to say you know we're not going to do this unless everyone's comfortable with it but he's like no he's just going out there and he's just able to fucking do all of it anyway um, yeah but yeah that's the sort of thing where your producers and shit need to start saying you know it's not yeah go do your thing it's can you do this and can you do this safe 
do, um, do these coffin drops fun. and shit. They ain't safe. Uh, but look, from what I remember of it, was a fun match. I said I was kind of starting to hang a bit. I was trying to save my energy because I knew I had the Osprey match and the MJF Cole match still to come. So I was kind of trying to make sure I stayed awake for those. Excuse me. Um, but Jeff Allen and Sting get the win. Uh, nice to see Sting get the win and probably the bit the last big show that he's going to be wrestling at. I don't see him ever wrestling one this big again. So it was nice to see them get the win. Well, maybe next year. Next year might be a swan song. Uh, we moved on then to Osprey against Jericho. Probably the one time where a non-contracted talent was guaranteed to go over the contracted talent in a situation like this. I don't think there was any oh, yeah. hope of Chris Jericho winning this match, uh, especially not if Osprey's contract is up in six months. It was a pretty clear call that Osprey had to win it. Um, he came out to elevate it, which got a really good reaction. Uh, at least came across really well. And uh, yeah, I just I, I like that song anyway, so I was I was delighted. Um, Jeff crowd started off hot. Obviously, everyone delighted to see Osprey getting his chance on such a big stage. Uh, best match Jericho's probably had in quite a while. Um, a lot of, a lot of, I think it was a good bit of lifting on the Osprey side, but definitely took two to tango. And uh, Jericho gave it all he could. Um, so yeah, two of them were very, very good. Um, Osprey got the win, but just a really fun 14, 15 minutes of a, just a good, good blend of styles throughout the whole match. And Jericho basically asking for the, the hidden blade basically goading him into just go on just hit me um, hit me you motherfucker yeah um, but look it was it was a case of Osprey couldn't really go as quick as he normally does actually Tams just said it in the chat there as well you could tell Osprey kind of toned it down a bit for Jericho's kind of timing and stuff like that but oh yeah good Osprey Jericho's is, a 50 year old man yeah you, you know, you can't be expected. Like you, you're no. not going to get the same match from Jericho as you're going to get from a Shingo. Uh, no, but and also Shingo is just a fucking freak of nature. Well, that's the thing. Like it was in the space of 24 hours, I saw Osprey have two completely different matches with two completely different wrestlers. Yeah, and that is a one of the biggest compliments I can give him. Insofar as that he had two classic matches with two classic wrestling styles. Completely yeah. different within 24 hours, and it was flawless. He doesn't bat like an eyelid at No, I couldn't criticize him at all for either of the matches. No, he's for, for me, he's overtaken Kenny as the best at the moment. As, uh, Nick nah, Jackson seems to agree as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, Nick Jackson put that out on uh, Instagram the other day as well. Oh, I did not see that. But yeah, mm. he's just just the level he's operating at. As I said, how easy it is for him to flip between just who he's fighting. He's just able to completely adapt everything he does on a whim. It's yeah, he's operating on a ridiculous level, uh, which is great to see because he's someone who we've obviously been able to see his journey from very early on to now being probably the guy that's on everyone's lips for regards to what's going to happen in a couple of months' time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's awesome to see. Uh, Jeff, fun match. Uh, said Osprey gets the win. Uh, Jericho afterwards kind of pushes Sammy Guevara away to kind of get into that a bit more on Dynamite this week where uh, they reform the Sex Gods and they're going after the tag titles. But there's just a little bit of tension around, you know, could Sammy have done more to help him? But mm. it was fun. Um, 
six man tag will just kind of breeze through it very, very quick. Uh, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn defeated the House of Black. Uh, fun match. Obviously, acclaimed and Billy Gunn were very over, but House of Black got a nice reaction. Very nice touch of bringing out the lantern for Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very nice touch that. And yeah, uh, a lot of love for all six people in the arena and the stadium for this one. Uh, everyone got a very good reaction. Yeah, fun, solid match. The acclaimed are never going to have a five-star classic, but they're always going to have good matches, bell to bell. Billy Gunn, whatever he shows himself up with, allegedly, is doing the Lord's work because the man still looks ridiculously good. And yeah, the House of Black are just uh, probably my favorite trio, actually, at the moment. Uh, just mm-hmm. the the synergy they have is is off the charts. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. this kind of goes to um, what Steve was looking for last week, where he wanted the House of Black to drop the title so that Malachi could go do a bit of solo work. And yeah. I think that's where they're going to go as well, because ultimately, you don't need to break the faction. The faction is perfect as a as an entity. Oh, you yeah. could easily have Malachi going for the main title. You could have Buddy and... Uh, Big Bad Brody doing tag stuff or they could go for other individual titles yep. you could have Julia Hart doing her thing for the women's wrestling or she could be a valet for either of the three guys for any of the three guys so there's huge potential for that faction but I hope they don't go the WWE route of oh if they're not a team going for a tag team then they have to break up or they have to fight yeah. with each other no that's that's the most idiotic that's... concept I think I've ever heard there's still an awful lot of money in them as a trio doing different stories and there's so many different stories they can do. Keep them together, as you say, have them branch off and do other stuff, but keep them as a unit. Um, Yeah, no, it'd be be stupid to split them at this point. Because you Um, could do a six-week program with them as a trio, as a two-o with anyone. Yeah. They don't need, they don't need kind of uh, a really deep character or plot point for them to be relevant. Uh, they done there. the whole thing with they done the whole thing with fucking Andrade's mask. No one give a shit yeah. about that fucking mask, but they managed to you know it was something as simple as that where it was just turned into a storyline over the space of a month. It was like yeah, yeah, we don't care once we're getting good matches around whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like and not ev- not everything. They has give to good be matches. A, yeah, not, like not everything has to be a bloodline. You know, sometimes no. just something something that's a simple hook with ridiculously good matches does the job just as good. They're both amazing for different reasons. This gave us ridiculously good matches, so I liked it. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, this was, a, again, a really good, fun match. Six people out there, just, you could see that they were enjoying themselves out there as well. Uh, got good reactions across the board. Uh, yeah, for me, I just kind of choked up a bit when I saw the, the lantern during the entrance. Um, that, mm. that got me a bit. Uh, but, uh, main event. Main event time, baby. Bay. Um, Good match, very good yeah. match. I were very involved with this. Very much. And they were swaying back and forth as to who they wanted to mm. win and who was going to face pro MJF. Very much pro MJF. Uh, he was yeah. the, he was your asshole. Um, he, we, we chanted it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff, he did the entrance, obviously he came out on the throne and had the, the women escorting him to the ring and... You know the the pageantry of the stadium entrance. It was it was funny. Oh, so women with him in the entrance? I'd love to have seen that. Love to have seen it. Yeah, so we had a couple a couple of women there with him. Uh, but yeah, it was very it was very fun. Uh, bell to bell. Uh, I burst myself laughing at that. They did the double pin spot, 
but they done the pin off of the two of them clotheslining each other. So the double clothesline got the pin. <laughs> um, and not enough people on Twitter picked up on that. Uh, I, myself and Paddy were bursting ourselves laughing at it. Uh, it was a fun spot. Then they, obviously they ran back the whole... Uh, Adam Cole grabs a microphone and says five more minutes, harkening back to their time limit draw. And MJF says no. And there was a little bit of a murmur. You just heard that lull over the crowd of, huh? And he's like, we keep going till we get a winner here in London. Crowd goes fucking nuts. Uh, then they do the Eddie spot of the throne of the chair back and forth as to who's going to be the one who oh, holds the chair and lies down. Uh, Cole ends up taking the chair and lying down. But then MJF, it's something I don't think I've ever seen before, and it was genius, wraps the chair around his own neck and lies down. And as the ref gets up, it takes, I've never seen that done before, and I lost my shit laughing at it. That was incredible. It, it shows how good these two lads are that they think outside the box with these things. Um, MJF gets the win by pinfall in the end. Uh, obviously, they teased the whole, what he used the ring at one point. And, and, you know, there was a couple of, couple of teases of both of them turning throughout the whole match, which really kept everyone on edge. And you could see, you, you could sense mm. there was that bit of tension in the crowd as well of, shit, which one of us going to go? What's going to happen? In the end, no one turned. Um, mm. But there was there was a lot of there was a lot of teasing of it, and it was uh, a little bit of tension in the air. I liked it. Uh, yeah, very mm-hmm. fun match. Probably MJF's best for for me. It was MJF's best overall, not just match but performance. Like the whole mm. spectacle and meaning of everything. It was probably the best for me that I'd seen of him since he'd come in. Controversial. Uh, uh, I just think the two of them have brought in something a bit different out of each other that people wouldn't have normally seen out of them. So, Jeff, look, a hell of a fun show. I mean, we're an hour and 40 minutes in here and we're only after talking about this and the mm-hmm. drama around it. Uh, and obviously your own drama then on top of it. Um, okay, so that moves us in and we'll have the, like Dynamite this week. It was a show that struggled um, mainly by its own placement. So yes. the fact that it was between two pay-per-views, it had a lot of carrying to do. Insofar as that there was a lot of uh, setup for All Out that needed to be done and done quickly and without much care or attention. So, yeah. you know, and they, had to we, plan, they had to plan certain stuff around people not being there and those people that were missing. Some people were sick, uh, apparently, and so they had to shuffle last minute. But also, Tony Khan had given people um, the green light to miss Dynamite this week and next week to attend memorial services for Bray Wyatt. So there was a lot of scrambling that had to be done for, for this week's Dynamite. Um, but the timing of it did absolutely no favours either between two shows. No. And it's going to be the same again next year. It's it's a terrible idea. It's, it's rare to get stuff wrong, but when they get it wrong, they can do it catastrophically wrong. And Yeah. Like it, it, was, it was a fine show, but you, you saw I was fucking struggling. Even by my standards, <laughs> stay awake during this. It was like it was, it was, it was fine, but it was nowhere near. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was easily in the bottom twenty percent of dynamites we've seen since it started. For me, it was so. With that caveat, we'll do a, a speed run of the current all out lineup. Yes. Uh, so we knew in advance that Luchasaurus, the rightful TNT champion, not Christian, Christian. Uh, was going to be defending against Darby Allen. 
So we've had to be fair, this story's actually been reasonably good because they've I've they've liked Christian in the Derby uh, alternate feuds. So obviously yeah. Derby had the coffin match, Christian was added to it. So there's been two in a row with this. So the, the build for this has actually been one of their better longer term stories that they've told. Hundred percent. Do you see Derby win the title or does Luchasaurus retain? Uh, I think there's more money long term in Luchasaurus and Christian keeping the title. Um, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they flip it, but for me, I think Luchasaurus keeps it. I think I, I don't think you take the title, which has now become a bit of a crutch for a lot of Christian promos. Um, I, I don't think you take that away from Christian. True, 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 true. Um, is this potentially where we see the, the debut of a certain Adam Copeland? They need to do something, and if they don't have Punk, something like that might be what it takes. Um, like they, we'll, we'll get people will see as we go through the card a bit more. This is one of the weaker shows, and I think they're really. Yeah, you said it actually earlier offline that it kind of feels like they're nearly preying a bit on the goodwill that they've built up of people uh, over the last couple of years, but that this show was kind of pushing people when it comes to, especially on the US side, having to spend 50 quid on this show uh especially a week after buying another one uh this oh, card yeah. is not doing much like if we hadn't paid for it i would be saying this is probably the first time we don't pay for an AEW show oh 100 um, i have booked monday off work i um, have not but i'll struggle through it <laughs> i i'm keeping that monday off work because i am fucking wrecked after the last you need it, few dude. weeks i've you had uh, but I don't think I'm going to be staying up and watching it um, at all. Tam fan with the with the over under of ninety k buys, I I'd be going under right now, be basically on the fact that all in was yeah. what a hundred and twenty. But yeah, I'm, I, I'd be hitting that under fairly hefty on that. That's yeah. They need to do something on Rampage tonight and die and Collision tomorrow to really draw in the crowd. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the question we asked. If CM Punk is suspended uh, and they're not going to have him appear on any of the Chicago shows this week, then they're in fucking trouble. That crowd is going to turn. If, if Punk is not Collision, that crowd is going to turn until he appears at All Out. Yeah, 100%. I honestly, I honestly think they're signed their own debt warrant but in, that, in Chicago in general but not having CM Punk on this card. I think if if this is the end of it, and end up having shows the week of CM Punk potentially leaving the company now. Imagine if CM Punk goes on to leave. Uh, we won't get too much back into this, but if this ends up being Punk leaving, and they've run three shows in Chicago the week that he leaves, and he's not on any of them, I think they're going to struggle even with future times when they come back. I think it's really going to put a slight bit of resentment in a Chicago crowd towards them. Um, but yeah look we'll see anyway we'll jump into the rest of the card um, next one one of the matches I'm actually really looking forward to on this one and it's probably a weird one to be looking forward to Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs I can't wait for this one um, Miro has to win I think Surely. if there was ever a time to fucking strap a rocket to that man it's now yeah, they need they need to do something, and they need to do something with him. So, circumstances say, give him the win. Finally, push him. Yeah, uh, and like they've been up and down on powerhouse for a while now. 
um, and they have the kind of are they friends are they not friends with um, QTV so it's it's very easy for them to just turn around and have him versus QTV be the feud yep QTV crowd cost him he ends up losing his fucking shit Miro gets the win after the match powerhouse lays out all of the lads then that's how you build for him basically having a little bit of a face turn going against the QTV lads for the next while people want to cheer Hobbs people like Hobbs he's a good guy you see any interviews with him you see some of the way how he interacts with fans mm-hmm. he's a guy that everyone wants to like he has the oh, skill yeah. and he works well as a heel but similar to when Wardlow was a heel I think people are ready to cheer Hobbs now so they yeah, are, I, 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 have I much don't know how I don't know how you turn Hobbs face and I mean this in a literal sense that man has the perfect growl and snarl face. It's incredible. I just don't, Nobody... I don't know how you can have him be a good guy. Yeah. That's the one problem. But also, he just absolutely grow and destroy people and people will love it. It'll be the... It, 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 and don't be just a disrespectful way to Powerhouse. It was a spot that I loved at the time. Essentially, in the Ryback role, he goes out and just fucking obliterates people in like two or three minutes. You know, he gets the shit in. Obliterates people, pops the crowd, off he goes. Warlord on the same, mm. coming out, Powerbomb Symphony and people. It's a spot, exactly. it's as old as time, but it really works. Um, except for he's good. <laughs> except for he is, um, he is very good. He's he's more, he's on the Wardlow scale, not on the Ryback scale. Let's put it that way. Next up on the ticket, we have Chris Statlander defending the TBS title against Ruby Soho. Oh. What are you thinking? Good, bad, or indifferent? Are we uh, going for title change here? I... I think title change because I think that helps feud the or f- uh, feed the Tony Storm demise into insanity. Uh, she's the only one to three outcast and not be holding the title. Uh, I see her losing her mind a bit, even more. So yeah, I do think title change here. Uh, I'd say we talked about it earlier. It's it's another bit of weak booking for the women's division. I find on this card. Um, yeah. Like the the matches that they're going to have on Collision and Rampage are probably going to mean more and feel bigger than this because this is probably only going to get around about seven eight minutes. Um, I feel for the two of them. I like the two of them. Mm-hmm. I think they're both ridiculously good. Um, I just worry about what they're going to do with it on this card. Um, I if there's any sense, they give them fifteen minutes to go out and say this is you know go show what this women's division can do. Uh, but there's been too many times where they've had that opportunity with people before and haven't done it. So, yeah, I think title change, and I just hope that they give them a good chunk of time, because if they give them a chunk mm-hmm. of time, this could low-key be one of the better matches of the night. For sure. Um, I would go along with that anyway. Um, I'm going to skip the next one, because I think that's the provisional main event so far. Probably main the next event. Next up, then, uh, Kenny Omega Takeshita. This is the only other one I can think maybe main eventing. Yeah, right now it it has to be Kenny, right? I I would imagine it has to be Kenny. I mean, he's he's lost a lot. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's been the one who's been on the receiving end of a lot of shit through this whole thing. I mean, he has to get he has to get something back at some stage, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would assume Kenny, but as okay. I said, they're so high on Takeshita. But yeah, I would assume Kenny. And again, we know belt to belt, this is going to be a great match. So. Defo. Uh, next up, eight man tag, the Bullet Club Gold, uh, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Gordo's favorite brother tag team, the Guns, 
up against the Tag Champs FTR and the Bucks of Youth. Uh, what do you got? Quick one-liner. Uh, b- Bullet Club Gold. I would agree. I just think it's a... They need it, kind of, as a scenario. Yeah. Bullet Club um, Gold, and it leads to a triple threat match between Jay Juice, FTR, and Young Bucks in a couple of weeks' time, probably at Grand Show. Well, that's it. If you have them, Bullet Club will win. It kind of justifies them having the future title shot. Yeah. And um, so then there could be the tension between the other two as to who cost who, yada, 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 and then that makes a triple threat if they want to. Next match is one that should definitely not be on an uh, AEW. Spoiler for this charge. next one, by the way. Spoiler for this one, by the way. There's a rapid spoiler in this. Um. Okay, sorry. I did yeah. not know that, but uh, yeah, it's happening in an hour's time, so... Yeah, by the time anyone listens back, to but to the, to the couple uh, of people who are listening live, if you don't want the result of the Battle Royal from Rampage spoiled, stop listening for the next 20 seconds, because we'll speed this one. <laughs> Better than you, baby, Adam Cole, MGF, defending the ROH World Tag Team Championships against the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Um... Surprised that that's what they're against. Has no business being on this show. Should be a hell of a good match. Uh, I say the Lazar Tain. Camps retain. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Um, and uh, welcome next back to up. anyone who stopped listening for the last 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, next up was the one I was actually thinking of when I was started that thing. This is no oh. business being on an AEW pay-per-view card. Uh, no. Samoa Joe defends the Ring of Honor World Tele- Television Championship against the man who's never been on AEW television. Uh, Shane Taylor. Um, makes no sense. I'm happy to see Shane Taylor, but this makes no sense being on this fucking card. Um, For all the people sh- in on the AEW roster that could have matches on this pay-per-view, it is, I think, a bit of an insult to the fact that uh, this match is going ahead. Yes. I'd be, my nose would be well out of joint uh, if I There's was Malachi Black, no any of those who could have a match, but currently do not. Well, that, that, well, you put the one name out there. Can you imagine fucking Malachi Black versus Samoa Joe? This card would feel a hell of a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. these, like the day, Shane Taylor's going to have a good match. I, I, Shane Taylor is fantastic. But yeah, this match shouldn't be on there. Um, it'll be a very good match. One of the better matches of the night. Joe's retaining. Um, yeah. If there's any half bit of sense, it's an easy retention. But so. Yeah, it's okay. weird. It's very weird having that on the show. Next up is, well, I think it's going to be one of the sleeper matches of the night. Eddie Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata will go ahead against Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. That piece That's of shit. Human being. Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, who we got and why? Oh, I think they need to. I I, have, I think of it, I think soon enough the title is coming off of Claudio and I think he's going after more belts on the AEW side. Uh, I think what Kingston can bring to Ring of Honor if he was to be the one to dethrone Claudio could be amazing and him getting to work mm-hmm. with some of the younger lads there would really bring along a lot of lads that are there. So I think Kingston and Shibata win. I think it's a good feel-good moment. Yeah. Uh, nice to have Shibata get a win but it also will set up the possibility then for Kingston having a uh, claim of Claudio's title. Um, yeah, I, I'd have Kingston pin Claudio. Yeah, and that sets up down the line then of a pinch yeah. once I'm going to fucking pin you again. 
bank title. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could even do title versus title because he's the New Japan Strong Openweight yeah. Champion. So you yeah. could really have a lot of stakes. Money is not too tight for stakes. No, money is not too tight for stakes. And if they wanted to get really, really out there with it, they could also say that it's a loser, lose ROH match as well. If they really wanted to just spice uh, up the like, if they wanted to really drill home the blood feud side of it, they could. But I'd stay away. I don't. They won't do it. They won't do it. I think it's a very. But yeah, it's as I said, it's an extra thing they could do. Jeff, uh, we have one match there that we skipped over then, the one that, as you said, we mm. probably reckon is the main event. That's the AEW International Championship. I never thought the International Championship could possibly main event the fucking show. But uh, Orange Cassidy defending against John Moxley. 30 retentions. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy is the MVP over the last at least three months. He's been fantastic. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of people eating humble pie about their opinions of Orange Cassidy from two years ago. Yeah. Now, I'll say there's certain people who didn't get him, and the old man was one of them who, and I think Jericho done a lot of explaining on that with the whole, mm. oh, he's a pool sure. shark and he lures you in. I think a lot of people saw it then and kind of started to get it. Um, and that's, uh, that's, I think, any criticism I'd have of people, as you said, the humble pie, I won't name that at those people. But a lot of people that aren't seeing what, Orange Cassidy can actually do and how good he mm. actually is and how good these matches have been. A lot of people are still have the blinkers on as to what he actually is. Um, There's a reason he's been producing matches. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. I did it. The man's at the managing to fucking carve out a niche where he can fucking play one of the easiest characters most weeks. Mm. If he wants and to. He, you know, if he is freshly squeezed and he does not have a catchphrase. He does not have a cash at that point. That was brilliant. That was genius. Uh, very, very fun <laughs> promo. Probably probably one of the best moments of the week. Uh, it's a silly okay, one-liner. So this match, then, how do you book it? Because you can't have Orange Cassidy beat John Moxley, surely. Um, surely no, this I is think... just the one that's one too far. Now, it should be, but the problem is Tony might have to crown a new real-world champ. So uh, we all know mm. who we like giving the interim to. Uh you know, do we want Moxley two belts? Um, no, no, yeah, I, Moxley, I, I do think Mox has to win Moxley this. is a kaboomer. He's not a collider. No, he's not a collider. That's the one. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I do, though. I think Mox has to win this. Um, I, okay. I think it'll be prey on, and the story here should be building on all of the different injuries that he's had. Just pinpoint, yeah. like, you know, they talked a bit about the shoulder and the neck this week. So that's what Moxley should be doing. Everything is around the shoulder and the neck. Just yeah. hit that a lot. Um, and that it's not a case of he's going through any of his own normal moves, have everything, have have Mox do a completely different moveset to what he'd normally do. Similar to how the likes of a likes of a Benoit and Angle used to do stuff back in the day where they just target a limp. This should be a, this mm-hmm. should be something like that. Because it'll be a very anti Moxley match. You know, yeah. he'll still be able to go do his own shit and bleed and stuff. Yeah, I think this is gonna be fantastic. I do think with the card that's there at the moment, it should be the main event. Um yeah. The only one that comes close to it maybe is the the Kenny Takeshita, but even at that, I don't think Takeshita has a star power for that yet. Uh, I'd only be no. giving that to me event because of Kenny, whereas, yeah, this and having a title on the line in it as well, I think makes sense. Uh, do Boom. we, because we do have, just very quickly, because we have Collision, and there is a strap match that's been advertised for Collision, where we have uh, Ricky Starks against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility of anything coming for All Out off the back of that? Oh, that 100%. No 
Oh, no. If there's no Punk, then that match will not lead to anything in particular for Steamboat. You yeah. might have somebody... Like It depends, right? In my head, right, that match will only end with uh, somebody coming out to save the dragon. That has to be, yeah. Now, in my head, it makes absolute sense that that's Punk. Because Punk and the dragon, that he brought him into AEW, he's kind of responsible, yeah. as uh, Ricky Stark says, so he's responsible for what happens to Ricky Dragon Steamboat. Then it only makes sense that he's the one who makes the save, and that sets up the match at All Out. Now, if Punk is suspended, he can't do that. So who else in a high-profile baby case scenario can go out and defend Steamboat against Ricky Starks? Do you have anyone that fits that bill? It's going to be more harkening back that they would have worked together in a different company, but uh, the former Cassius Ono did work with a lot with his son back in the NXT and FCW days. So there would be that tie to the family, but that's nah. not the only one. And it would be a case of, you're in, you know, at the big pop of, of all people out of nowhere, Chris Hero, just that's his appearance on TV. But again, it's weak. That's as much weaker as I'd love to have Chris Hero, that is fucking weak. But I cannot think of anyone else. Yeah. There's, it's... there's no other tie there. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. To, to me, if Punk isn't there, that match doesn't go ahead. You have Starks lay out Steve about... backstage and the match just doesn't fucking happen. What about um, Adam Copeland? If he's there. If you can get him. You you could keep it as a surprise. You wouldn't even have him come out in collision. You'd have Ricky Starks be an awful evil bastard man, lay the whooping on Steamboat, and then have him come out at the the pay-per-view. And have him uh, address the fact that, you know, he's the man around here and no one's there to put control on him. Yeah. Punk tried and now Punk's gone away. And then all of a sudden you hear, uh, you think you know me. Or the uh, non-unionized version of that song. The unionized version. Um, Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Uh, Or if you wanted to go the way of just teasing that it's being him on Rampage or a collision, and then obviously having it run some sort of a segment around it on, uh, on all out. You could have it that you know he's having a beat down or whatever. Then the lights go out, mm. and they come back on with red lighting. Starks looking around, wondering what the hell's going on. The lights go off again. Come back on, and Brood style, he's covered in blood. Oh, you gotta love the fantasy booking that never happens. All it, the possibilities that you can think of and they never work. And yeah. that's not just for you, it's just in yeah. general. Yeah. I know, but my, my, my brain likes to think of all of them. Uh, but yeah, look, there's a lot of ways they can go. I hope to find a way for Starks on this because to have a card this week and not have somebody like Starks on there is kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that a lot play, of the roster. The obvious play right now is that they end the suspension. Punk is tiered. Punk makes the save on collision. And then Punk uses that save to call out Ricky Sachs for a match at the pay-per-view. And that main event's yeah, in Chicago. Easy. It's, yeah. as uh, Gordo likes to sing about, written in the stars. A million miles away. 
Well, no, about 5,000 miles, I think, collision. Or about 5,000 miles, yeah. It's a grand old flight. Uh, yeah, uh, quick speed run of payback, and then we get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Because we have payback Saturday night. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen much WWE apart from NXT the last couple of weeks, because NXT has been the best WWE programming for the last while. Um, we have we Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. I hope this is better than their last match. Um, surely Becky wins and Trish off into the sunset for a while. Oh, you'd imagine that this is the end of days, so to speak, for Becky and Trish feud. Yeah. Like cage match, it should be an ender. So hopefully they have a bit of sense. Well, that's it. Because you're going to get Becky Lynch going down to NXT on Tuesday night to confront Titney Stratton. I'm more than okay with that. I think there'll be some very fun matches. Um, What else we got? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just go with it in order. Fuck it. Um, Seth freaking Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Championship. Shinsuke's been doing the whole thing of, you know, I know about your back and they're big enough to back injury. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I have a feel. I have a feeling they might pull the trigger. Oh, I think it's, should, been but... it's, got an un- it's, it's been a while since they've done an unpredictable... Like, one of those, we should, but it's not... We should, but the predictable thing is for him to lose. But I think this is one of the cases where they might say, we'll go with the unpredictable, and they actually put the title on him, even if it's for a month or two. I don't know. I just think... I I think nobody else has held that title since Rollins has got it. So I think, have Nakamura win it, Rollins wins it back, have him be dominant for a while, and then have him lose it to the likes of Cody or Gunther at Mania. Um, you could do again. Should be a fun match. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm gonna go with my. I'm gonna go with my heart here, and I'm gonna say Nax. What were you thinking? Uh, just because I booked the way that I think the deal book, I'm going to go for Rollins. Bears, you are probably right. I'm 99 percent sure you are right, but uh, and I'm, I, I'm fantasying it. Uh, yeah. He's going to win because Shinsuke Nakamura punches Rollins in the dick. Throw back. Oh, we're bringing back the assassin. Bring back the assassin. Um, mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. This has obviously been a bit of a long-standing thing. They're going back and forth and Rhea taking out both Liv and Raquel. Uh, so they are facing off for Rhea's Women's World Championship. They had some great matches in NXT. Um, mm-hmm. This is going to be great. This uh, I'm not gonna lie, this whole card actually looks like a very, very good card. I'm uh, actually happy it's on a Saturday night, so I can stay up and watch it. Um, yeah, I would agree. I think this. I don't. I think Rhea retains because she doesn't need to drop the belt yeah. anywhere soon. But this will be definitely a, a very enjoyable match. Yeah, and I think a bit of a nice little coming out party for Raquel to show that she's more than just mm-hmm. I smile and have a back. So. Uh, yep. Ray Mysterio defends against Austin Theory, US title. Uh, keep the title on Ray for now. There's more. There's more Perfect. in having it on Ray and him losing it to someone else. So yeah, Theory uh, is run with Hollywood Superstar end, so. match. LA Knight versus The Miz. Uh, 
shout out to Miz. His impression of LA Knight was fucking fantastic. Uh, you give LA yeah. Knight a win here. Do um, you though? Easy win. I think you do. They can't, they can't keep though? having LA Knight lose. Miz loses nothing by losing except the match. LA Knight loses an awful lot if he keeps losing matches. Ah. Um, main event, as it's lined up on my screen at least, uh, tight team titles, uh, street fight. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn defending against Finn Balor, August, Damian Priest. What you got? Ooh. Well, you see, this is where I think we officially see an old Jay Dizzle join the Judgment Day. So I think, I think we might see a title change here. Ooh, I think I think we could see two title changes. I think I think Seth could drop the title, and I do think KO and Sammy could drop. Uh, especially KO's kind of seem to be working through a couple of niggles lately. You know, he's, he picked up knock at Mania, and he picked up a knock at Money in the Bank. There's maybe something to be said for him taking a month off. You could run maybe an injury angle just to get him a month to just go and rest up and clear up whatever little things have been ailing him for the last while. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you might. I think I think you might flip the titles here if you're having and have JD McDonough officially join the Judgment Day. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think that seems like a logical thing to do. The the KO and Sammy thing seems to kind of run its course for now, not through their own fault. I think the the injury and the separation from the bloodline is just an, it feels like a natural end to it all. Yeah, and they've, they've the, done the Judgment Day can story. use it. Judgment Day can yeah. use it as a continuation of their story as well. So it all it and all makes sense also, for everybody. So also means on Raw on Monday you have four out of the then five members of Judgment Day walking out with a title. And the only one who doesn't have it is JD McDonough, who's been the person who's been kind of trying to help them out all along anyway, who's kind of been the kind of lackey and the bitch that's trying to work his way in. So mm-hmm. um yeah, think it could just be a nice optic and afford him there with the title and him just there with his kind of little punchable face smirk that he has. So yeah, yeah. Look at the um, end of the day, with the exception of I worry, as I said about the Becky Trish match because their last match wasn't great. Uh, other than that, LA Knight Miz looks like a solid match, and the rest looks like it could be really good. So yeah, this looks like a really, really strong card. John Cena is back on SmackDown tonight. Uh, rumor is that he is getting involved with a promo with Jimmy Uso. Not sure Ooh. what the the crack is. With that, because it's an ongoing situation, so to speak, is John Cena going to be involved in the pay per view tomorrow night? I think if you have an opportunity to get him in, fuck yeah. Um, man is going to be there seven of the next nine weeks or seven of the next eight weeks. Yeah, I think if there's a way you can get him in there, a way you can kind of tease other things, and obviously a way to sell that lovely new blue and orange merch that he's got, um, yeah, you get him out there. I would agree. Uh, definitely. So I think that's pretty much it. That was a fucking long show. Thanks for everyone for staying with us. And yes. uh, hopefully we'll have normal service resumption next week. Because the following week, yeah. there'll be a couple of us missing. Because we'll be on our holly bops on a beach, sipping cocktails. And fuck oh, all I cannot wait. I am going to be drinking myself to a point where I'm in. <laughs> a constant state of inebriation uh, but yeah in the uh, in the interest of time and the old man uh, and everyone else's ears we will skip the best match worst match for this week uh, all I say there was a lot of really good shit couple not so great uh, probably Orange Cassidy's promo on uh, 
Dynamite this week was probably the best segment. Uh, mm. Honorable mention, Tony Storm. Other than that, really fun stuff. A lot of really good stuff this week. Um, actually, NXT, just a shout out for me. I said it's the only WWE show I'm going out my way to make sure I watch every week. Uh, it's been consistently, I've, I've really enjoyed it the last while. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll take it home. It's half one in the morning here. Uh, the old man is probably getting home from the pub now and is going to have a, a dicky heart attack when he sees that we're still online. So yeah, if folks want to get more of us at the All Alleged Wrestling Podcast, you'll get us on all your usual podcast apps. So that's going to be your iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening now. If you come back next week, there's going to be another episode. So come join us. Also, you can listen back to our back catalogue and also some of our B shows where we talk about the likes of movies, uh, music. We go into all sorts of different stuff, video games, you name it. We talk about it on our B shows. So go search them out and check them all out. Uh, you'll also find us over on WrestlingSoup.com. Along with the Soup Guys themselves and a load of other shows, please go share some love with those guys and also make sure to check out the Soup Guys on their Patreon and subscribe to them over there. Ridiculously good content. Uh, cannot say enough amazing things about them. Uh, also, shout out to our friends over at Canvas Theory. www.canvastheory. Ah, come on. You, you only stayed around the corner from you. Like, come on. I, I, um, I, I, that's a, there's one of the funny stories as well from uh, from the weekend. Very quickly. Myself and Bo checked into the hotel and we walked down the street and there's a nice steakhouse. So, you know, we'll fucking treat ourselves to a steak while we're here. Who the fuck walks past the front of the window? No, no one but fucking our good old friend Nick Cicino, Nick Quinn from Canvas Theory, along with a couple of his buddies that he was there with as well. You can't but avoid the cunt. We yep. go to a different Good. fucking country, a different island, and the bastard has to walk past the window and fucking knock he's, in and say hello. He'll still find a fucking way to find you. Uh, Absolute yeah. fucking bastard. We love him, but he's an awful bastard. Yep. He's an awful bastard, but he has some great hats. And you can find them over on canvastheory.com. If you use the promo code AWP, you will get 10% off your entire order. Uh, you can also find us over on Twitter. It's at the AWPod. Over there, you'll also find a link to our Discord. Where you can come join in the live fun every week. You'll be able to share any good tweets you find, any bad tweets you find. We normally review them. This week, we haven't for the interest of time. Uh, but we'll be doing a bumper edition of those next week. And also, if there's just anything else you want us to talk about, we do have suggestion boxes there. I see we do have a couple of things there we can probably talk about uh, on a week where we have a little bit less to chat about. Uh, also, for some of our more rambling stuff and more drunken stuff, you'll be able to find us over on DL Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash the AWP or the AWP, as some might call us. Uh, if you go drop us a follow over there and turn on notifications, you're going to get notified every time we go live playing most of our games. Not sure how that's going to work this weekend with all of the wrestling that's on, but there will be streams coming at some point in the near future. Oh boy, that's a bump prediction, dude. Nailed it. The old man is uh, going to fucking hate wait. us. Wait, what's the line? Go to say the line. Good night, everybody. Good night, Good night. Good night.